I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Podcast like it. Just podcast like it. Podcast like it's 1999, the podcast where we talk about the movies of 1999 from the eye of a hurricane here in 2018. Nice. I like that one. Yeah. As I told you off air, Mike, this is <laughs> an obvious one. Uh, in terms of that portion of your introduction. Correct. Because we're doing the movie Forces of Nature. Yes. Which is about like one Modern or two classic. forces of nature. Um, it's not as – it's not about one as many – One or two forces of nature? I, I thought – I literally thought this movie because I'd never seen it before. By the way, I'm Kenny Nybart. Yeah, I'm Phil Isco. And today we have a guest, C- Clark Wolf, a producer and host at Fandom, the senior. <laughs> senior. Senior producer and host. Yeah. Uh, and Clark – chose the movie Forces of Nature, which I thought was literally about like a flood, then a tornado, then flood a plague of, of frogs. Flood, a flood, flood of, of emotions. Yeah. yeah. Flood yeah. Of, you get it? I, it's yeah. subtle. Then, <laughs> then I learned that the two forces of nature were Ben Affleck and Sandra Bullock. Um, yeah, but there was a lot of weather in this movie. You're kind of downplaying the weather. Also, they were to call Ben Affleck a force of nature. This movie is like one of the Worst biggest things. jokes I've yeah. ever told He's on not the a air. force of nature in this movie. Really. But before we get into this movie, let's meet our guest. Indeed. Clark, thank you for coming. Thank you for having me, gentlemen. <laughs> Tell me, please, um, why did you choose this movie? Well, actually, I threw out a couple of options. She did. She and did. I was very passionate about The Sixth Sense, which I was told I could not have because it was being saved. Well, we were saving for, for, it not for, for M. Night. <laughs> yeah, sure. But. We were saving it more. <laughs> We're saving it really more than anything for Deeper in the Run. Sure. Well, that's okay. Well, we're not going to say But because it's such a popular film, we're trying to space out some of the mm-hmm. like really big ones. So it really wasn't a 
a better guest will cover mm-hmm. six I'll seconds, also really. say this. Um, and I hope no future guests are listening to this. Uh-huh. Doubtful. When you put a list together as a potential guest – we're going to pick the dumbest one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, because I gave Phil so... like, wait, they want to come yes. on for that? Great. I'm, I yes. want to scroll through my, like, text please, and please see do, what some do. of my there other were really options were. Because there, there really were. And now, I did pick Sandra Bullock because I love Sandra Bullock. She more is... More than Julie Roberts, it seems. More than Julie Roberts, definitely. It's That's not even, it seems. It's like, for real. Yeah. So, um... Ocean's 8, greater than Ocean's 11. <laughs> I mean... Hard to say that. <laughs> I, uh, I would agree. But uh, but yeah, so I picked Forces of Nature because I remembered loving this movie when yeah. I was younger. Sure. Um, but also I love Sandra Bullock and I like Ben Affleck. Like I oh, am I on ben team Affleck. Ben, so Affleck. ben Affleck. I like Ben Affleck. We will be talking We're do about a deep dive both into ben of these Affleck. people yes. who I truly love. I also want to point out Julie Roberts and Sandra Bullock um, in universe sisters-in-law. In universe, sisters in, in the oceans movie, they're in universe. Yes, 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 yes. Sisters uh, in yes, law. Yes, yes. How do you like that? Yeah, yes. they're they're sharing a franchise. Now. It's kind of amazing right. that Julia Roberts and Sandra Bullock have not been together in something before. Yeah, it's sort of like I'm waiting for the De Niro Pacino yes. beach thing, but yes. with Julia Roberts. But with like oh, lady centric yeah. activities. Yeah. 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 So, but also I'd watch, that. watch the shit out of that. Ocean's movie. Nine. I am also. Oh, Ocean's Nine. Yeah, I am also from the South, and I love Savannah, Georgia, where the mm-hmm. wedding is slated to take place. In mm-hmm. fact, for a very long time, I wanted to get married. Where are you from? Uh, I'm from Atlanta. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. So I wanted to get. I almost said I wanted to get married in Sandra Bullock. <laughs> that's what kind of day it's been. But um. <laughs> But yeah, so so that there were several reasons that I tried to pick this, but so my list included. I want to just go over some of these because yeah, no, no, it's fair. As a lady who who does love Sandra Bullock, I have other interests that you sure. that might be less expected. So I nominated the Mummy, which I really was like my second place or third place because Sixth Sense was like um, South Park, bigger, longer, and uncut. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, we got into some you had already done, like Deep Blue Sea and Wild Wild West and, and such. I love that Wild Wild West was on your list. She had a great list. It's a very eclectic yes. list. It is an eclectic list. That's, that's the list of a person who wants to have fun on a podcast. Yes. Yes. And we saddled you with this yes. piece of crap. And was like, yeah, let's yeah. talk about that. Let's talk about the one with the weather. Well, it was – I mean, here's what it ultimately comes down to, which is that when I, when I reach out to people and yes. say, will you come on? They send me lists, and usually it's you know anywhere from five to ten movies, and a lot of the you know usual suspects, as you would imagine, the bigger movies or or the movies that just like everybody loves, which is fair. But then when you get into like the weirder picks, those are the ones that's like I'm going to have you on for Forces of Nature for because sure. I want to hear you talk about Forces of Nature. And and listen, you, you know, Six Senses, you know, when we do it, you know, we'll reach I, out, I'm going to we'll fight my way back onto that podcast mm-hmm. on that episode. Yeah. But the other part of it is I'm mostly known. In a lot of ways for genre, for horror specifically, yeah. like mm-hmm. I love horror and it's kind of a, it's, I've studied it in college and as a host and a personality, I talk a lot about genre and I, I'm a fan of genre. And so that's something that people sort of associate with me. So I think part of the reason why, you know, I was like, I want to hear her talk about Yeah, exactly. Oh, it was like, yeah. that was another part of it. So. I was going to make the joke that. You this is a horror a, movie. You did pick a horror. Oh. You did pick a. You, Zing. you did. Pick, I'm not even oh, finish the joke. Christ. What I am going to do is say, <laughs> did you meet Phil through your genre covering indeed. Indeed. journalism? Indeed. Stuff? Yes. Yes. Got indeed. Because the question is, how did you meet Phil? Yes. And you can you can elaborate. Apparently, this is an interesting story. Phil. Yeah, I mean, it's it's more interesting than you know. I knew him from you know working in an agency or from working on Sleepy Hollow. That's how I know you. 
Yeah, Super that's interesting. interesting. Okay. Clark, you can explain how okay. you sing. Okay. Yeah. So, um, it is through Sleepy Hollow. It is through Sleepy Hollow. Um, but I was, so I was working for Nerdist for a little while, and I was on a show f- called, visiting a set called Matador. Matador was on the El Rey Network. Yeah, the Robert Rodriguez. Yes. Yeah. So, it was produced by KO Paper Products. Mm-hmm. So, I was talking to Jay Williams, mm-hmm. uh, who mm-hmm. worked at KO, and um, he's a great guy, and uh, he he said something like, uh, yeah, we're doing Sleepy Hollow. And I was like, oh, my God, what? <laughs> and so I, I just completely side tangent. And I was like, I love horror. I love Sleepy Hollow. Season one was so great. That British guy, he is awesome. Tell me everything. <laughs> that British guy. And um, so so as a result, a couple months later, Jay actually reached out and was like, listen, we're thinking for season two about doing an official podcast after show of sleep for Sleepy Hollow. And you clearly are a fan of the show. Uh, so so would you like to to produce and host that? And I was like, yeah. So that's how Phil and I met. That's how it all happened. That's a really good story. Isn't that it's crazy? Yeah, it's, a good, it's a good story. Yeah, I like you know, that, She did yeah. all, all the so, 18 episodes. Yeah, all of them. And we, we recapped season one because um, we were starting with season oh, two. Right. So we, yeah, like, yeah. we got on the phone with Alex mm-hmm. and, um, and, and Bob and, and Yeah, people. yeah. And like the whole team. And it was yeah. very cool. And it was really cool. Yeah. It we was very well produced. Do Thank you. A um, unauthorized Station 19 podcast. <laughs> why, why would we do that? And why would I be involved in I that? I want to do an unauthorized I'm sure you podcast. Do. I'm sure you do. Oh, my God. Um, maybe We're not we doing won't. that. Why not? <laughs> why would we do that? Why would I Why would I partake in an unauthorized thing on a show I work on? Oh, no. I, we should do one about Step Up. Oh, yeah. No, we can do that. You sure. would do that with I me? I would do that with you. What a guy. All right. <laughs> Anyway. But I love the idea of doing it unauthorized. Um, we were authorized for that. We were authorized. Yeah, I know. Fully authorized. <laughs> Too much oversight. Let's talk about Let's this Let's talk movie. about this movie. All right. Um, Buckle up, guys. Start? Yeah, I know. It's, well, it's going to be a bumpy what? one. <laughs> it's, stop. Uh, I'm going to – That's like a tagline for the movie. Yeah, I know. Right. Isn't a, it? What is the tagline? It what? probably All right. Is. Let's, Hold on. Let's, I'm the, looking at the, the, the tagline. The tagline is like, stop you know, wind sleet, snails. Puppy dog tail. How are you even talking about? This right movie now. all right, so I'm I'm gonna like start a conversation about this movie. You should, but I'm this gonna movie, I'm gonna tell you what the tagline is for this movie. Tell me. Um <laughs> He went from the eye of the storm into the arms of a hurricane. There you see. All, right. all the weather so puns. All the so, weather so, puns. So let's get this out. Um <laughs> this is a romantic comedy without romance. I mean it depends on how you define romance. Go ahead. Of. Tell me. Tell me where the romance is. Well, okay. We're going to have to have a discussion about intent then, because this movie intends to be romantic. Whether or not it's successful at that is debatable. And that's kind of the crux well, of my issue with really this movie. Well, interesting idea because – okay. I'm going to do the thing that I do every single podcast. I'm just going to talk about the end. And <laughs> Spoilers. And here's, here's what I think where, – where I think this movie went wrong. Mm-hmm. So uh, just jumping – the basic plot of this movie well, hold is. On. Let me give the synopsis if you're going to do it like this. It's like we haven't done this before or something, Henny. This is, we haven't. I'm. <laughs> Go okay. ahead. Go ahead. Uh, synopsis. All Ben Holmes, played by Ben Affleck, wants to do is make it from New York to Savannah, Georgia in time for his wedding. When a seagull and a hurricane ruin any chance of, uh, any chance he has of flying there, Holmes reluctantly joins the quirky, oh God, I hate, uh, Sarah Lewis, played by Sandra Bullock, in a rental car for a road trip back to his waiting bride-to-be, Bridget, played by Maura Tierney. But nature seems to conspire against his every attempt at a timely return, and in the meantime, he finds himself growing closer to Sarah. I mean, it's, it's, 
essentially planes, trains, and automobiles, except it's attempting to be a romantic comedy in the process. Yeah, I described it to you. Yes, as planes, trains, and automobiles, but they fuck. Well, yeah. But they don't. don't. No, that's that's not – I described it to you like that before I watched it. No, I know. So I wasn't saying that you that yeah, you assumed it, it was that they had what sex. if it's planes, trains, and automobiles, but but they fuck. Yeah, like that's which, the pitch which, in the in the by room. By the way, yeah, for sure. By the way, not a bad logline. Not line. a bad logline. And how this movie gets made, because conceivably or conceptually, anyway, there's nothing hooky about the concept of this movie. Really, it's just like a guy and a girl. It's 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 happened. One, it it is it happened one night or that sort of thing, right? Where a man and a woman mm-hmm. are have to go on a journey together. And again, I don't. This is why, like, I don't have a problem with this film because I don't mind that, that idea of just two people with chemistry that decide to go on a adventure together or are forced on an adventure together. I think it's inherently charming. Now, unfortunately these two people don't have the best chemistry in the world. So you're not really feeling the sparks. I like them better after they get the first kiss out of the way. I, I was thinking about it's like 50 minutes. In. I know. No, I, I know <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. the, the holes, the, all the setup, all the, yeah. it, because it's like, and we know because we have hindsight, we've seen Ben Affleck turn into the Ben Affleck he is now. We've seen Sandra Bullock turn into the Sandra Bullock she is now. Like, I feel like we know what they're capable of, mm-hmm. but that whole first hour is such a 90s rom-com. But then that whole yeah. second half, I actually quite enjoy. I like them getting to know each other, like really kind of figuring out what they mean to each other and if there is going to be a future. And and I, I actually don't mind – like I feel like it's the right choice. Everything that happens like I agree with after the fact. In terms of how it like turns out. All right. So this is the, I do, I just wanted to talk about the ending and get this out because I think it's fundamentally important to the understanding of this movie and why I think it went so wrong. In the end of this movie, basically this movie, you follow Sandra Bullock and Ben Holmes from New York to Savannah through several hurricanes or whatever they're doing. And uh, it does have this typical romantic comedy setup. But the entire. Can I just say one quick thing before you spoil the entire film? 11 minutes into this podcast. I'm not spoiling it. No one's... Uh, no, I, no I, just, I just want to say that, like, sure. if you can speak of it from 30,000 feet, that's all I'm saying, rather than, like, just... This, this is the 30,000 feet view, okay. could, because it's it's fundamentally important to this. No, I, I understand, I understand. So they're they're going down from New York to Savannah. Yep. Um, in this in this car. And it starts as a train, then there's a car, right, so a car train. I have, I, I have to give away the ending, yeah, 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 because yeah. big deal. And the ending of this movie is... Yeah. He doesn't wind up with Sandra Bullock. He winds back up with his bride-to-be, Maura Tierney. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's the movie. Here's the problem with the movie. Because of that decision that they decided to pull this twist ending, which, by the way, like kind of on on one level more power to him. Like I was totally, totally surprised by it. Like I think that's kind of cool in its own way. But the result of that was that everything that felt weird about the the Affleck-Bullock relationship – was by design, but not emotionally, um, the, but not emotionally driven by these characters. And what I'm trying to say is, this script was never able to go full throttle with Affleck and Bullock because you would have hated them at the end when he didn't choose her. Right? It had to feel like at the end that they weren't right for each other to make the the more tyranny end land. All right, but. They didn't do the work with Maura Tierney and Ben Affleck, right? So the whole movie didn't feel like these two people had to get together and Bullock was an obstacle. So neither of these romances 
the the Bullock Affleck one. I understand. I understand what you're saying. You know, there's a movie. Um, there. <sighs> There, there are other movies like this. Like, I, I weirdly, like the indecent proposal comes to mind. Okay, where you spend the whole movie the riot. with. It's not a riot, <laughs> but this movie's not a riot yeah. either. But you spend the whole movie basically with Demi Moore and Robert Redford. But the reason, like, I think that movie kind of works better is because they spent the first thirty minutes building up this Demi yeah, Moore yeah. Yeah. Woody Harrelson relationship, and you really do want them to get back together at the end. You don't. They're not even. They're together for a scene. So that's basically well, why I think this movie. Is so flawed it can't commit to either one of these relationships that they're both hurt by. Here's here's the fast thing that I'll say. It's very quick. No, no, please. Is no, just yeah. that uh, what we're, I think we're running into is this is ben, this is Ben Holmes's movie, but Sandra Bullock is our movie star, so it's confusing, right? Like meaning, like we can't tell the audience you need to really love more attorney because Sandra Bullock is our star. She's top build, right? But the problem is that structurally, this is Ben's arc. And so I think that's ultimately at the heart of what you're getting at is we want to see Ben's story, but Ben's not Sandra Bullock. And I think Mark Lawrence, the writer who worked with Sandra Bullock a lot yeah. after, I mean, this. after this. Movie, yeah. Exactly. I think this was like, I think she clearly found something in him that she really liked as a writer. Absolutely. And I think he, after this experience, probably was like, I get this now. I know how to write for this better now. And I think that's why you get into, like, for instance, Two Weeks Notice, which comes so much later. It's not the same story, but, like, I think that you've got that, you know, love mm-hmm. triangle bullshit, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. So, like, I, I think – but I, I but it's, don't I, I mean, I think that there's also something I, – I don't disagree with you, Kenny. I, I, I think that everything you're saying is totally fair. I think – all the things that you're saying don't work about the film are what make the film interesting to me. I think that that the director clearly read a script that was a you know a, a relatively by the books rom com, except you know for the ending, which obviously sort of turns this on its head a little bit. And thought, okay, I can do something interesting with this. She hires a DP who shoots this film like it's out of sight, it's, like sh- who, who yeah, shot sure. out of sight. Sure, it's who, cool. It's a cool looking movie, yeah, but it's it also uh, antithetical to the script, like. Maura Tierney is antithetical to the character she's playing. Like, that is that is weird casting. And I love Maura Tierney. Why do you think that's weird casting? Because I don't think that she radiates that sort of, you know, super cute girl that's waiting for her husband. Like, that relationship, when they speak cutesy to each other, it doesn't work. No, for either of on, them. For either of them. Like, so again, there's, there's casting issues. There's a... There's, there's a disconnect between the script and basically everyone else involved in the film. The script and Sandra Bullock sort of make sense, kind of. But then ultimately you've got a film that is sort of at odds with itself because a director that wants to make a, a quote-unquote better or more interesting or more complex movie, but the script doesn't bear fruit on that. I, so you're just sort of left with but so, a weird movie. So in, so in the in the end, having watched the movie, I understand – that that was the intent. I understand that someone saw a script, a romantic comedy script for two movie stars that didn't end the way most romantic comedies end. Yeah. But there's a reason most romantic comedies end the way they end, right? Sure. And if you want to deviate from that structure, yeah. awesome. Yep. But fucking sell it. You have you have to sell this more tyranny. Ben Affleck, you're my lobster fully, shit. Fully agree throughout with you. the movie. And what they do and I, I stand by the fact that had it been cast differently, like I, the movie that I kept thinking about when I was watching this a little bit was My Best Friend's Wedding. Yeah, my best which friend's also wedding. has an unconventional ending, totally, which has a relationship that you you buy into Dylan uh, Dylan 
Dermot Mulroney <laughs> and, uh, and Cameron, Cameron Diaz. Diaz. Like, they're adorable together, and you understand why they're drawn to each other. I mean, but you like Julia but Roberts. But you like Julia Roberts, and you're okay with her Roberts not getting the guy is. at the She's end. She's the movie star. Right. right. And you're just, you, you know, it's going to work out for her. She's also the villain of the movie. No, and I, I recognize that. Like, no, and I'm not. And I would say that Sandra Bullock is in, in her own way kind of the villain she's of this not. film. I think she is. I think she's definitely, she's the biggest obstacle of this movie. She's, Forget all the actual like forces of nature that are that in terms of the, you know, no, the reason, weather. The but. reason, the reason Julie Roberts was the villain is because of what she just said. Because Dermot Mulroney and Cameron Diaz are perfect for each other because Cameron Diaz is so fucking good in that movie. She gets up, she sings karaoke poorly, and you have fallen in love with her and you don't want her to, to get hurt. And at that moment, the karaoke moment, when Julie Roberts starts going after this sweet, like really nice, really perfect for him girl, mm-hmm. you're like, what are you doing? Right, but in this movie, we don't know Mara Tierney really, and we're not rooting for her. We are, and, and on top of this, on top of that, this movie over and over again is hitting you over the head with the idea of relationships are stupid, marriage is stupid. Anybody who's in it, you're going to get cheated on. You're going to, and first of all, it's all men who are saying that. It's fucking insane. But you're going to get cheated on. You're going to be miserable. You fuck around. You should, you should sleep around. So it's hitting in with this idea that marriage is stupid and. He buys into it. He apps. He, he actually cheats on his wife because he does kiss on his be on his. Well, that's so does she. But I, I mean, here's what I'll say as I well. I know because but they're trying to sell them. No, I know. Yeah. I understand. It's I, a frustrating again, I'm not, movie. I'm not. I'm disagreeing <laughs> with you, but I'm also thinking that your frustrations are coming not from the script level. I believe I that if that, I, I okay. I mean, fine. But I, I really think that do. I think that fundamentally. Maura Tierney's character, Bridget, isn't written that terribly. She's not written well, but she's written as good as as the prototype or the whatever character in another romantic comedy would be. Again, it comes down to the casting and it comes down to the way that it's shot. The movie shot very darkly. The tone of it is super dark and weird. So I'm, uh, the scene that I'm, that's coming to mind is the scene at the beginning where uh, she's in that motel room or hotel room with Ben Affleck. And it's it's shot like some weird, like, noirish movie. With the bizarre with this, lighting, with the lighting and the and, yeah. the and the camcorder. So, like, there's nothing cute about these two. So it's cute on the page, though. The dialogue they're saying is charming and fine and totally winning. But if it's executed through that type of lens – you don't buy into it and you're not rooting for these two people. So what you're left with is a situation, which I fully agree with, which is you're not rooting for them. It's so an, if you're not rooting for them, there's no stakes and if there's no stakes. It's an interesting point. I agree with you that the direction did this movie no favors. The scene you reference is a very good example of that. You are meant to feel – It's weird. It's, it's <laughs> either you are meant to feel discombobulated sure. by the two of them together or the director didn't know what she was doing. And or she was trying to just make a different movie. Like I'm not sure that there's necess- – I think there's intent here as I said before. Like I and, and you look at her filmography. She's done a ton of TV. She's done a bunch of really interesting things. Like I don't think she's an incompetent director by any stretch of the imagination. I just think she was shooting a different script. I, I just – you know what I mean? And, and for, for good or for bad, we're left with, the, with with a film that feels like it's neither here nor there. So I would – this is something that I looked up because I also wonder if Sandra Bullock was looking to do something a little different because this in her trajectory was mm-hmm. after Speed, after While You Were Sleeping, after Practical Magic, after Hope Floats. And so I wonder if this was a situation where she was like, I get to play not the villain as much as like Julia Roberts was the villain because that's a – I think that's in a good analogy. 
in my yeah. best friend's wedding. Yeah. But I get to play a little bit of a darker character in a safe movie. And I bet that Sandra Bullock and Bronwyn Hughes like talked about, yeah, yeah we're going to use the the nature, and but we're not going to have it be like, you know, prissy nature. We're going to have it be dark nature and dangerous nature. And I'm sure that that was a choice that Sandra Bullock movie star and director came together 100%. and said, we're going to do that. She was, but I think a perfect – sorry, okay. She was duped then because um, yes. she she was duped and by whoever or whomever because Sandra Bullock plays a quote unquote dark character, but all, everything that's dark about her is exposition, right? Correct. Yeah, we you don't, don't see it. You don't get to actually do anything. Agree. I agree. So you have this character who's essentially a cipher, and it's really disappointing from that. It's really disappointing from honestly the, the the viewpoint of a Sandra Bullock fan that I think she was just kind of the, she, it would, the direction was almost go out okay. and act crazy. But I would also say that the next film she does after this, I mean, the next real film that she releases after this is Twenty Eight Days, mm-hmm. which is the film. Mm-hmm. I mean, she has Gun Shy, but I yeah, don't yeah, know what yeah, that yeah. is. And yeah, Twenty Eight Days of the Twenty Eight Days was the A movie. movie yeah. This feels a little bit like Training Wheels to that. This feels like she wants to start going in darker, quote unquote, grittier areas. AKA Oscar Beatty things. And I think that she, to your point, might have got sold a bill of goods a little bit. Try but I do happen. think that she executes this quite well considering what's happening in this movie. I also think that, and I, I mean, I don't know because, you know, we, we, I wasn't there, but I think that this might have been some of the best option out there at the time. Meaning, like, we have to take into consideration that in 1997, 98, 99, America's Sweetheart, you know, what did it look like when America's Sweetheart went bad? It meant they took their clothes off. It meant they did strip tease. It meant they did, you know what I'm right. saying? And so, like, sure. if you're Sandra Bullock and you're looking for something just a little bit different, honestly, I don't know if that script is out there for a Sandra Bullock to get into that darker territory in 1998. It's an interesting idea. It's an interesting point. I don't really disagree. I, um, but I will say if you're a Sandra Bullock fan to your point and you sit down and you watch this movie, there, it, it's going to be disappointing. And it's going to be disappointing because her character is really kind of left twisting in the wind, especially like once the yes. kid reveal comes in and we're, we'll walk through the plot of this in, in a second. Um, and, and give a little bit more context. But once the kid reveal kicks in, then I was just like, Ugh, okay, so where is this going? And it doesn't go anywhere particularly satisfying. <clears throat> I also wonder if if this script, when it was orig- – like if they maybe added stuff later. Sure. You know what I mean? Because it does feel so much like Ben Holmes' movie that I wonder if when Sandra Bullock decides I want to make a movie like this, mm-hmm. if they go back and they go, okay, well, let's add some cool nuance for her and, and I, it comes out to this jumbled mess. I think that's like totally – plausible and if I had to bet I'd bet that's what happened I would too they did it in the laziest way obviously the la- it's the laziest thing to just say okay you were married before you're an addict you're you have a kid who you love like that's just that's just to, to me that feels like the movie star and I'm not blaming this on her but that feels like someone trying to give the movie star a meaty role when all I think I, I honestly like I, I really I think this movie is a total mess and I ju- no, I do because I don't even know what purpose she serves for Ben. Again, this is Ben's movie, you know, and you're totally right. This from well, his she perspective. serves the same purpose as any manic pixie dream girl does in a lot of these. She's movies. She's not even a good manic pixie. Dream I'm not girl. saying she is. I'm telling you that that's sort of the the role that she fulfills, which is that she's supposed to get him to question his, 
you know, his marriage and question his love and make him realize that he's happy and that he does want to spend the rest of his life with this woman. And again, is she effective at doing that? Not necessarily. I, I'm not I'm not sitting here defending the no, movie. No, I know you're not. I'm really just saying that the fact that we can have this conversation yeah. about the movie speaks, I think, to the fact that it's got more going for it than – so for instance, last night I texted Kenny and said, hey, did you like this more or less than Runaway Bride? And Kenny's response was, and I, I can pull, pull it, it up, up, but basically it was... Uh, I don't want to be misquoted on the pod. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead. You basically, the, the, long, the long, long and short of it is that you felt that Runaway Bride has less to say, but that it was more sort of, it was lighter and had more fun. All right. So you, you said, just finished Forest of Nature. Did you like it more or less than Runaway Bride? My first response was, legit excellent question. <laughs> And then I said, I think I'd. We do a podcast. And then I think I'd sooner rewatch Runaway Bride. It's a it's a more confident movie. It knows what it's doing. It has Julia Roberts. Uh, it's also deeply stupid, but Force of Nature is less aggressively stupid by a long shot. But I think it's deeply cynical. Um, I think it spoon feeds everything, and it has a fundamental flaw that I would go into in the pod. I've already done that. <laughs> I think Force of Nature is a better movie. I think it's. Um, That's kind of my point. I think it's a better movie, but I actually like like. I won't Runaway watch Bride, either of them again. One way Bride can, can, can kind of wash over my head without me getting angry. Well, like, this movie kind of makes me angry. And keep in mind, this is Runaway Bride has Richard Gere and Julia Roberts teaming up again, going for it. Meaning, expectations, too. Well, well expectations, have, have yes. Have you but, seen it recently? Um, what I was going to say is their chemistry, they've already worked together before. They've already, so, yeah. so that is... That is whether or not uh, you know. It's familiar, exactly. Like yes. basically saying Ben Affleck and Sandra Bullock have not had that luxury. I'm again not saying that it's not a fair criticism either <laughs> way because it is. But yeah. but I do think that in order, like, it's actually to to your point. So much of the reason why I'd watch Runaway Bride. That's again what I'm getting at. Yeah. Is because it is familiar yeah. and it doesn't partic- It doesn't. I mean, look, we we did the pod and we we made to- so much fun of that movie and it's like a really yeah, really a stupid really movie, horrible yeah. movie. But this movie, the reason I think I'm kind of a little more angry about it is because it's missed opportunities. Agreed. Just Agreed. missed opportunities. Well, there, there's there are good ideas here. There are bold strokes here, and just so much of it was whiffed. I. I I'm not again. No, I know you're not, not disagreeing, you but just, I would also you seem say, to have a different. I, I, a different I respect like why the way. I, I respect that somebody went out and tried to make something more substantive with this movie. They failed. Yeah, but I. It's a noble failure. But is that's the point o- I'm trying to make that stuff. Like I said, it's a better movie than Runaway Bride, but it is the kind of thing that makes me angry because I see these like like Thomas Crown kind of made me angry because I see these small things that you could have done to make it. I don't know if this movie could have been really good, but it could have been pretty good. I think if this movie was made today, a version of this movie was made today with a different tone, a different – different, um, not even necessarily with the same actors, but like with different cultural things going around, I think that it would be darker. And I think – because I think – like I, I have seen so many in the last handful of – I just came from a screening of um, The Spy Who Dumped Me, which, um, you know, is what it is. It's a very silly movie and it's not a rom-com. But it is a hard R girl 
comedy. Mm-hmm. The same way Girls Trip was a hard sure. R girl comedy. And I think so but with Ghostbusters. And, but with some dark shit in it. Meaning like dark humor in bo- in all of these hard R girl comedies I've seen the heat over the last handful of years. So my point is I think that if this movie a version of this movie were made today, you could have an R-rated movie that does lean more into the darkness and still maybe could be a ro- a light not a light romance, but like more of a romantic movie, but have a little bit more of that darkness. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I agree. I, I mean, I, I haven't seen uh, this by who dumped me, and and we are having Susanna Fogel on in a couple oh, weeks, cool. so she's coming on. Um, she directs the shit out of that movie, man. Yeah, she's, she gives I'm some super, great super action sequences. Um, but that being said, I, I think that this film really does sort of fall in a weird space of someone that's striving to do something interesting uh, is is failing at doing that because it's just too glaringly not like antithetical to what the script is trying to make. And I, I think that Sandra Bullock isn't done any favors. Her character isn't done any favors. I would also say too that, you know, on the whole Ben Affleck of it all, and I, we should talk about him, but he hasn't really figured out his stardom yet or his star qualities no yet. No. So what he's struggling with in this movie Nor is, is Hollywood. Sure. That's true too. Yeah. Well, because he's taken every fucking movie that's offered to him at this point in his career. But I do think that he can't go toe to toe with Sandra Bullock. Like they, he's just not there yet. Um, so you're feeling this discrepancy to your point of star power as well, where the movie's not her movie. It's his movie, and he can't really keep up with her. So there's this imbalance that's tricky. He just he feels very green in this movie. Like mm-hmm. this definitely totally. feels like a guy who's just not ready for prime time yet. Well, Clark, what you said, like uh, if you made this today, not mm-hmm. necessarily with the same cast. If you made this today, you could easily cast these two <laughs> right now, right? Yeah, these two people star romantic comedies in 2018. Sure, or they could, um, and. Ben Affleck could hold his own on screen against Sandra Bullock these days. And, I mean, not to get too objective. I mean, objectifying, but, like, Ben Affleck's a lot fucking hotter today than he was then. Like, Yeah, he was. He did not look good in this movie. But he looks, looks like a weird child. He does. He has this, like, weird... But I think again. that's... But I do wonder, is it somewhat intentional? Meaning, like, mm. are they trying to communicate... Like, you said green, and I think that's the right word. Uh, ben Affleck is a weird... Uh, kid from Boston, like meaning Ben Affleck, the man. I don't think can escape who he is. But Ever. Ben, right, exactly. <laughs> but like, I want to talk about him. So I wonder if like I love the him. clean. Sh- I love him too. I love him too. But I'm saying what I think we're seeing is that like he is out of place because this character is not who he um, can relate to at this point or even pretend to play. And they dress him, uh, meaning like they costume in, they It's like they're costuming another actor. <laughs> they're, they're costuming and their hair and makeup and everything. Like the way he looks is another man. Well, there's just also something about Ben Affleck at this point in his career where I feel like he – you know there's imposter syndrome where you just think you're an imposter. Oh, I looked it up. Because of this movie, I looked up. I looked up what he, <laughs> what he had. I looked up what he had just done, and like, and of course, there is all the Kevin Smith stuff. But big, Forget big about style. That. Me too. I looked it. Uh, Goodwill Hunting, Armageddon, Armageddon, Armageddon. and yeah. Shakespeare in Love. Yeah. So Shakespeare in Love, I would say, doesn't count because to like to, just to his credit, I love him in that. 
He also was like fourth. It's the, a really yeah. small. Lead. I'm not saying it's yeah. yeah, but I do think that he's basically what I'm saying is he's fresh off being the funny, charming mm-hmm. scene stealer in the Best Picture winner. So now he's gonna go toe to toe with America's Sweetheart. Well, also uh, it was kind of it, like the Shakespeare in Love thing in and of itself was kind of like weird and cute because he was dating Gwyneth kind of famously at that moment, and that 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 his his appearance in that movie. Was kind yeah. of just an ador- ador- an adorable thing, like two yeah. these two adorable people. Well, it was are a in wink at the together. audience. It was very yes, much so. Very- I, the film that I actually want to bring up because I think it's an interesting parallel to this film is Bounce, mm-hmm. which I actually don't hate that movie. Have you ever seen Bounce? He's Gwyneth in that. Too. Yeah, that's yeah. the movie where like he he doesn't take his plane ticket. He gives it to her husband. The plane crashes. What and he, year did that? That was two thousand. So that's oh, the so next year. After. And what's interesting about that is in that movie he feels like a man. In this movie, he feels like a boy, and it's only really a difference of about a year. Now, I don't know if that's that Ben Affleck had some sort of you know come to Jesus moment and he figured out how to crack the nut or whatever, but it's just interesting well, because don't you think it has something to do with Gwyneth? It, yeah, absolutely. Comfort. No, 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 for sure, for sure. And they're great together in that movie, and they have great chemistry. And that movie is better for it. I'm, I'm not. I'm not suggesting that Forces of Nature is as good or or anything. It's more about the fact that if that Ben Affleck had been in this movie, right. this movie could have been better but for But is it. that the character? I, it's possible. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. I wonder, because Ben Holmes is like, oh, I don't like strippers, and you know I just want yeah, a regular guy. He's so guy. off shucks, and, like, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Well, it's a, again, like, it's a really kind of shitty, weird, cliched character, and it drives me nuts. But, like, he's played, first of all, he play, he's played down and out a couple times. Um really fucking well like gone girl fucking well, that's, amazing that might be the best because that that the line between nick dunn and ben affleck is probably pretty thin yeah, yeah which is so a like, brilliant cast which is phenomenal i'll throw one out there another one out there where like he's kind of riding high in his career he had just done the town um sure after he did the town like this guy was golden to the point where he won a fucking oscar uh for argo he did company men in between that, oh yeah, the uh, the John Wells movie. Yes, I've never seen it. Oh, I haven't seen it that's either. a good movie. Okay, that is a good like late nineties, early two thousands, like Aaron Sorkin ish. This is about like a moment mm-hmm. in time in America movie where this guy loses his job. It takes place during the recession when people were losing their jobs, and he has to move in with his parents. And it's about his family, and and he sells it like this guy actually he. I, I could talk about Affleck all day long. His career. So is here's my of, question: What's your favorite Ben Affleck performance? My favorite. Well, look, my favorite Ben Affleck performance is Gone Girl. But okay. my, I, I just want to say this about Affleck: I have he he's kind of gone on this weird little dip the last two or three years. Like certainly in terms of the tabloid stuff and this bizarre back tattoo, and <laughs> and he's made some bad he's made some he's bad decisions. So it's like he's right. That tattoo well, is but that's the, unreal. But that's the point, right? All right. So forget the tattoo. It fucking sucks. But this guy's an, <laughs> this guy's an actual phoenix. This guy was this guy was a country. This guy was an international joke. He was Benifer. He was Geely. Yeah. He was Jersey Girl. He was dead, dead dead and he did the thing that we all fucking dream of doing he wrote his way back nobody no i i don't think anybody at this table at least myself i almost can always speak for myself can't speak for you phil it's true. but um it's true. she'll try that i i i love once again like i love ben affleck and i think he is talented across the board yeah. and i think he is more talented than people give him credit for I agree so with that. any any sort of talk about him in this movie is really not a criticism of him like i, I don't think anyone's criticism 
criticizing okay. him. I mean, look, I'm, I'm not. I, I mean, in general, I'm criticizing him in this movie. Like, this is a this is the most insecure I've ever seen him on screen. Um, he is the most out of place. I feel like he feels like I'm not a leading man. I was I was the the friend in Goodwill Hunting. I was the the you know the he wasn't the lead in Armageddon. That was Bruce Willis's yeah. movie. He was you know. Fourth I think his first Chase, real this lead. This is his first lead. Well, this is kind of his first lead. It's a co-lead, but his real first lead is probably Reindeer Games, if we're being honest. The Charlize <clears> Theron? The Charlize Theron movie, yeah. which also not a great movie, no, but he's he, pretty good in he it. He didn't really have a great leading performance until The Fucking Town. So, like – Yeah. I'm, well, not a movie that – yeah. there are. It's interesting because I'm like looking at his filmography right now and a lot of them are sort of – co-leads you know what yeah. i mean where it's like it's him and sam jackson or it's him oh and, i like that know, movie Change Change Change. Change. it's a good movie yeah uh or pearl harbor where it's like it's really yeah. him and it's whatever yeah, the so first Michael real thing i mean it's crazy to say it but like daredevil which is a terrible mm. movie is really kind of the first time that he's anointed like where a hero mm. with a mask would and, i like, also would we argue that he looks and feels uncomfortable in daredevil yeah absolutely well because better than the better is a Turd. Well, better than this. But what I guess what I'm saying is like I maybe he's just not comfortable being front and center in such mm. a way. Or he wasn't then. He wasn't then. I think he's now. I mean, Gone Girl is a very confident. I mean, he's got Fincher and, as his town. Is as he as front yeah. and center in uh, Gone Girl? Would you say? Because I, I, I mean, wouldn't. it is probably it's a fifty-fifty. Oh, I, the two of I them, think but. he is. I think he is. I think Gone Girl is a really unique movie in that. You know, very rarely do you have a movie that changes perspective so dramatically. Yeah. But the first third of the movie is his, and the last third of the movie is a two-hander. So I will say this though, and I, you 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 keep um, understandably talking about the town in Argo. Mm-hmm. I would argue that both of those films are significantly better if he's not the lead in them. I, I don't really Maybe love Argo. him in those in those roles. Maybe like Argo. If, I think think about how much better Argo is if John Hamm is playing that role. Well, I don't, or, I don't agree with that. But I mean, there or, are or people. someone of there that are people. I, I'm just I I don't. Ben, I mean, you know, or a Latino guy. Oh, oh, oh yes, yes. Considering that the man he was playing was Latino, yes, or that's a, a f- fair assessment. Um, more than anything, I think it's interesting to sort of see how this film fits into his trajectory, mm-hmm. into his career. Uh, what is pretty clear that he learned from this film and Sandra Bullock learned from this film to continue working with Mark Lawrence, even after this movie was a bit of a dud. Um, I am going to give a little bit more context for this film because I think it's necessary that uh, Forces of Nature opened on March 19th, 1999 in first place. Oh, with- this movie was a fucking hit. Hold on. Force of Nature opened on March 19th, 1999 in first place with $13.5 million ahead of True Crime and Anna and the King. Uh, it would be number one in the second weekend as well against Ed TV and the Mod Squad. It would go on to make $93.8 million worldwide on a $75 million budget. That's a lot. That's a lot of money. $75 million for this movie is a yeah. lot. In 99, what is that? Oh, like 125, we, oh, 130 today? The budget, but I think the box office is really high for a movie like this. $93 million back then. Again, that's about 170 today. And sure, but that's you're also discounting that it made fifty domestically. It didn't do great. And it she's the lady from oh, Speed and the lady from. He yeah. said worldwide. Worldwide, it was it made oh. I'm going to take and that back. It wasn't from, a hit. And yeah, <laughs> it was a failure. Practical. And while you were sleeping, the lady from Speed. While you were sleeping, Practical Magic. I mean, yeah, yeah it wasn't. Did she have a? Did she have a top, top build uh, lead performance before this? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Sure. What was the one? While you were sleeping. Oh, Hope yeah, yeah, yeah. While you're, yeah. Uh, Hope floats is huge. Speed two. She was magic. speed two. Well, she I mean, was, in, that was yeah. before this. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So she's. I mean, she's riding high. 
so it, it it's not yeah this was not a my point more than anything is this movie didn't do great but she still was like this mark lawrence guy he's got something that i like and he writes Miss Congeniality for her. He writes Miss Congeniality 2 for her as well. Um, you know, they, they have a very – Two Weeks Notice. They have a very strong and relationship. Two Weeks Notice is his directorial debut. Yes. He writes her bad movies. No, Miss Congeniality is not a bad People movie. People love Miss Congeniality. I just rewatched it. It absolutely Actually, holds up. Actually, let me, let me pull that back, which I was going to pull back. <laughs> careful, careful. No, no, I'm serious. I'm serious. <laughs> Miss Congeniality is a perfect screenplay. It's the it is the screenplay. Who directed Miss Congeniality? Donald Petrie Jr. It oh, is the okay. it is, and I'm I'm not joking. It is the screenplay people should read when you want to know how to write a studio movie. It hits it hits all the beats exactly where they're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. For that reason, it matters. And it's tailor fit to her, which is important, I think. Yes, who right? Who else can play the nerd and the beauty queen? Not a lot of people. Um, and I love her. I really do. For the most part, like she, she also did all about Steve, right? Oh yeah, which is and you that, know, was, well, that was and the it, story sure. about all about Steve is really interesting because she, she as a producer, found that script like had that well she had that script written like yep. she wanted to make that movie which is such an interesting to me one of the reasons I love Sandra Bullock is because as a person in front of the camera and behind the camera her career is something that I not not because she's the biggest movie star in the world but because as a producer like you can watch the trajectory of the types of roles that she takes the movies that she chooses to get behind and the directors that she's choosing to work with like they're all so interesting and so um yeah she's a she's a very she's a she's a very interesting uh actress i think that she's done a lot of amazing things i think that gravity is obviously you know one of the things that's at the top of that pile where you know she talked about how she won the oscar for the blind side but she felt like you know gravity was the well, thing that she really wanted to show her acting chops i think she's i think she's tremendously talented but i'll also say too two weeks notice made 200 million dollars worldwide really? and that movie's a, a, that was an unquestionable success it I was think also that, critically well received it was well received too i mean I, listen i'm not i'm not a, a rom-com aficionado i wouldn't claim to be um i have not seen two weeks notice and oh so i can't speak to it i think you might find it delightful i have might find it? i know it? that my roommate loves it, it and i do think it's a nice movie it is but i think i i, I I just think Mark Lawrence is making easy movies to digest. They are they are unquestionably entertaining. I think that this is a bit of a weird movie. It's a weird script. He's trying to do things that I again commend the the swings. I think that had the kid thing been layered in a little bit stronger, had to Kenny's point, had we sort of really bought into some of these romantic dynamics, I think you could have stuck the landing. Here's a question. But unfortunately, it doesn't do those things. What do you think about if – so let's let's say we, we know Ben Affleck's trajectory, right? Sure. We know where he is at this moment. We know why his team thinks that this movie makes sense for him, right? It's Ben's story. It's a rom-com. It's interesting. Like, it's great. Do you think that if someone else who wasn't superstar Sandra Bullock played Sarah, do you think the movie would have been better? All right. So I want to take that a different way. I think – and I want to make this point. This character is a character only Sandra Bullock plays. So – and she's done it over and over again, all that Steve being an example, um, where – it's not quite the manic pixie dream girl. There's an edge to it, 
right? The manic pixie dream girl usually doesn't have a drug problem and a kid that they lost. The mat, like, there's an edge to this character, and it, it, to be honest, it's not my favorite iteration of her. I like two versions of Sandra Bullock. I like kind of daffy, like while you were sleeping, and speed would fall into that category too. And half of Miss Conge- or really all of Miss Congeniality would fall into that. Like I like that, like you know, the prettiest nerd, Play, playful, thing. silly, a little bit silly. Yeah, yeah. No, I get that. And I love hard drama, Sarah, Sarah Bullock. I'm Sandra Bullock. Sandra Bullock. I love hard drama. I think she's so amazing in Gravity. I also think she's so good in A Time to Kill. Mm-hmm. Like these movies where it's just like, look what I could do when I put my fucking mind to it. I think she's awesome. But this is neither here nor there. This is trying to be both of them. This things. reminds me of the Ben Stiller character I hate so much, which is the guy from Dodgeball. It's also the guy from Heavyweights that like I'm – like this weird muscled up asshole. Yes. This like – it's this like – some people like that character, and I think he fucking loves that character. To me, that's just that like – I think you love that character. <laughs> to, to me, that's like the last character I want to see. And this is – Sandra Bullock, this is not the, the the person I want. So like do I think if someone else played this character, it would be a better movie? I don't think another person could or would play this character this way. I, I think that she takes a character that could have been extremely unlikable and somehow makes her likable a good chunk of the time. She does. And I think that that's, again, a testament to how, you know, charming and winning and, and watchable she is. I'll throw some out, someone out there who maybe could have played this. Angelina Jolie. Ugh. Well. That, I, I mean, <laughs> I'm coming off watching Half a Girl Interruption. Girl Interrupted? Girl inter- I'm having a real tough night, guys. Yeah. Girl Interrupted. Uh, You've only seen half? But she's I not turned it off. Um, charming. Because you texted me midway through saying we weren't going to do that anytime soon. But she yeah, well. is... Winning. There's something about her. Oh, I, I don't know that. I don't. Do not like her. I don't find Angelina Jolie charming I, or endearing or likable at all. I now I think she's interesting. I think she's the greatest actress <laughs> of our generation. Are you serious? I've said it several times. He has. He's a very big. I think fan. she's an unbelievable actress. I, I, I think, think she's. A, I think she's a good actress. I think she's. I think you're. Hold on. Hold on. You're, I think you're hedging because of the guests. Take no, a stand. No. I like Angelina Jolie performances. There are a lot of them that don't work for me. I also agree with Clark that I do not think that in the attempts that she's made at rom-coms, which is only really a couple, Mm -hmm. she doesn't play well against that. She doesn't – similar in a weird way to Maura Tierney, there is this – fiercely intelligent ball busting quality to Angelina Jolie that I love and it's the reason she – one of the reasons she won an Academy Award for her performance in Girl Interrupted. But – I don't really want to see her fall in love. I don't want to see her be romantic with people. It's one of my big beefs with the Bone Collector. You might remember. Well, I don't, that's a different thing. But I'm but just, okay. I'm that, just that was that 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 wasn't the beef. I mean, it's one of them. But I just, it was the it was the way they did it. I I, I did not like them together romantically. Period. I do not want to see. Have you seen Denzel the Bone Washington Collector? And, no, not and, in a long time. This is a long way of saying that I think that's an interesting choice. I wouldn't. The person that came to mind that I think. And again, this is kind of a weird choice, but I'm going to throw it out there, which is Charlize Theron, who I think could have been interesting. Yeah, She's I not cute, but I think that I can see her as the edgy, prickly, you know, woman that would be enticing to a Ben Affleck. And for the record, would you, would you say that in this movie, in this same director, same year, same Ben Affleck, 
I feel like Angelina Jolie would eat him alive. Yeah, she'd blow him off the screen. Like if Sandra Bullock well, is too much for a, Ben. I mean, the same could be said for Charlize Theron. The, but at we're, this we're, time, at this time, I'm not sure that she had the. She was 20. But I mean, in terms of the experience to, because like Angelina, Angelina Jolie, we can all agree is is a force of nature. She, she, yeah. she, she is. A, she is just. I, I don't. Really, I don't know that she could. Who? Who? He could handle that. He couldn't handle anybody. Like that's. Kind of the kind of what I'm saying is like yeah. Ben was really poorly cast. I know why they casted him. He was so hot. Like mm-hmm. that Goodwill Hunting thing extended for years and years for both those guys. But um, like five, six, seven years. But um, I mean, really until Geely for him. But but you know who would have been interesting actually. Now that you bring up Geely, J Lo might have actually been an interesting choice. I, don't that, know. I actually was just thinking about Brittany Murphy. Oh, like, R.I.P. Yeah, but I mean, like She's, you know, if nothing else, this podcast has proven to us how great an actress Brittany Murphy I, was. I mean, but I'm trying to think of like people who are in stature would yeah. would not be it's such an interesting choice because, like, on one hand, that's part of the problem with this movie. Like, I, th- I think we're we're hitting on the problem that they yeah. had when they were creating this movie, like the studio had, which is basically like, okay, the right person for this movie is a Brittany Murphy. You're totally right. I'm not – if I'm greenlighting this movie, I'm not spending yeah, not. $70 million on a Brittany Murphy movie, <laughs> right? right? Yeah. No. So who's like that like perfect like, – because those movie stars exist every once in a while. Like I swear to God, you know who this movie would be made with today and they would never kiss? No offense. Melissa McCarthy. Like that's the movie, mm. right? Like Yeah, I see it as like an Anne Hathaway. Maybe, but kinda, like – But then you're in the Sandra Bullock territory. I, I, I feel like the really good funny version of this is like a Melissa McCarthy. Um so, yeah, it's. I mean, it's it's a it's it's a weird movie because it's just it's very few things are working about this movie. Can, I'm not. Yeah, can I name a thing that does work in this movie? Absolutely, Steve Zahn. Oh, you're so right. <laughs> Everyone's MVP. And his hair. Steve Zahn. You he's know a, what? Great. He is great in it. He's so good in like everything. Everything. He, yeah. everything, everything. He, does. he cannot yeah. help but be funny and charming. And charming. Yeah. He should have. He's in Happy Texas. We have that to look forward he to. He should have gotten a TV show. It probably still would have lasted one season, but he should have been the lead of Terriers, for instance, mm. right? Like he's he, great in Tremaine. He really. He could have had his own like scummy private eye show. And he would have been awesome. I would watch him read the phone book, to be honest with yeah, you. Yeah. I just love him. I know. He always have... who came up with Oneaters. It's I... actually Oneaters. 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 And that was, yeah. by the way, when I was watching this movie and I forgot for a minute that this was only 1999 movies, this podcast, and yeah. not all 90s, I started thinking to myself, ah, I should have talked about that thing you do. <laughs> Uh, should have talked that, about practical can we, magic. Can we, can we talk about that thing you do for half a second? Sure. It's, it's a great movie. Anytime. It is impossible. For me to believe that Tom Hanks wrote and directed like he's – I think he did one more recently. but yeah, Larry Crown. Larry Crown. So he wrote and directed two movies. Larry Crown, literally I forgot about. <laughs> and one of them is this fucking Stone Cold classic. classic. It's, it's fantastic. It is a new classic. It, it is. is. And it's, it's crazy. It's, it's also supremely well cast too. Like oh. a lot of those people didn't go off to do other things. They all but have their careers. Yes. But I mean like it just goes – in that moment – it was a lightning strike sort of thing where you had just – they all worked at that yeah. moment and whether or not their careers afterwards. But like Steve Zahn's fantastic in that movie. Mm-hmm. Liv Tyler's just yeah. luminous in that film. Tom Everett Scott. Tom Everett Scott, Scott who looks and is just playing a young Tom Hanks. But whatever. But, sure, but great. nails it. But nails it. I mean, which <laughs> is not hard – which is not, or not an easy feat. And who is his girlfriend? 
Charlize Theron. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Ta- yeah. They they allegedly discovered her. They, yeah. Like that was one of her first 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 speaking, things. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. if not the first. Giovanni Ribisi. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, Ethan Embry. Ethan Embry. it's a really really cat, good movie. It's such yeah. a great movie. It's go, also a movie that like that go watch <laughs> and watch yeah, the trailer. Don't watch Forces of Nature. But I mean, it's it is very interesting because I'm looking at Steve Zahn here. Who one of the movies that I think he's also great in in '96 as well is Suburbia, which is the Linklater Eric. I can't pronounce his last name, but it doesn't matter. He's great and out of sight. Um, and then in 99, he does no less than four movies. Is one of them Saving Silverman? No, that's 2000. No, that's 2000. Okay. I was about to say, I, yeah. should have picked that one. I love <laughs> Saving Silverman. But he's it. He's the voice of Stuart Little. So, Kenny, you have that to look oh, forward to. Oh, yes! What an interesting choice for the voice of Stuart Little. <laughs> and he's also in a film called Happy Texas, this little weird movie that Wait, William H. Macy is in where I... he plays a gay sheriff, if I'm not mistaken. I thought that Michael J. Fox was the voice of Stuart Little. You're absolutely Stuart right. Yeah. You're absolutely right. It is Monty that he plays Michael. Oh, okay. Is that like another Monty mouse? Is. Oh, another Mon- mouse. <laughs> Monty mouse? Maybe it's not a mouse. Maybe written a by? Monty Little. Stuart Little written by? Oh, wait, 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 wait. Someone oh, really big. I know this. It's not Andrew Kevin Walker, is it? Is no. It Whedon? Is it? What? Who M. Night Shyamalan. Comes oh, back to the sixth sense. I knew it was someone sense. really big. And really unexpected. Sense. And my guesses are Double less ridiculous now. Episode. Double episode. <laughs> we're just, just going to roll Little right into it. Le- Stuart Little, Sixth Sense, Double Bill. I mean, that no, might be the I'm, only way to do that's, fucking Stuart Little. It's kind, of, it's kind of rude to one of the great movies. He also, of all time. I forgot he was Rosencrantz in uh, Brana's Hamlet, too. Um, anyway, so yeah, Steve Zahn. When, when I first always great. met Steve Zahn, Steve Zahn is an MVP. I just want to say, I think it was that thing you did was the first time I met him, and, and he I... jumped. Well, is that least... the first thing? That's the first thing you remember him in. That I I, I remember loving him from the moment I saw him. I on think it's screen. that thing you do for me as well. That in suburbia, I, I they were very close to each other, so I don't know which I saw first. I imagine it was that thing you do, but he's he's always great. He's just he's great. Um, so. Uh, Let's just talk a little more Forces of Nature, shall oh. we? Okay, yeah. one no, more please. thing for our audience before we get off the Steve Zahn topic. Yeah. Uh, he was Bad Ape in the most recent Planet and of was the fantastic. Apes movie. Mm-hmm. He wouldn't know it because his voice isn't the same mm-hmm. necessarily he's and so obviously sad. he's mocap. But like Steve Zahn having a moment where he is just, again, not the, so not just the funny guy, yep. not just the soft guy. He's really acting and I just, yeah. Okay. More they, Steve Zahn. The they, world needs more Steve Zahn. Fucked up this guy's career in a way. <laughs> Who's they? Hollywood. <laughs> in a way, and mostly his people. That's the way I would sure. look at it. In a way that I'm, I'm kind of shocked by that he never got like the Sean William Scott moment. But Steve Zahn's worked forever. He's, he's hey, never. I'm not sure worked. he's made tons of money, but like this guy has never had his fucking movie. He didn't get his moment, and or moment, or his TV show. I guess the, even like I'm looking. He was in Mind Games. Mind Games was that. Christian Slater thing before Mr. Oh, yes, Robot. Yes, 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 he was yes. number two. And it just seems like yeah. th- th- there should have been a time. But you know what? We're a bunch of writers and producers. We we'll make it happen. Okay. We'll get him all a right. shot. All right. I'm sorry I distracted No, no, no. It's all good. Uh, so Forces of Nature has 45% on Rotten Tomatoes, which feels right. Um, Kenny might rank it lower. But I, I mean I, I, it feels right to me. I, there are two um, quotes that I pulled out of uh, two reviews. That I think are interesting, that I think crystallize a lot of what we're talking about here. Roger Ebert has one of them. Did not love. Roger Ebert, one star. 
One. One singular star. Opens the review by saying, so I'm sitting there looking in disbelief at the ending of Forces of Nature and asking myself, if this is how the movie ends, then what was it about? We spend two endless hours slogging through a series of natural and man-made disasters with Sandra Bullock and Ben Affleck, and then that's it. Bronwyn Hughes, Forces of Nature is a romantic shaggy dog story, a movie that leads down the garden path of romance only to abandon us by the compost heap of uplifting endings. And it's not even clever enough to give us the right happy ending. It gives us the wrong happy ending. And again... Don't disagree on a purely logistical semantic level. I think that had this been executed differently or cast differently, I'm not sure that he would have had the same issues with it. Now, of course, that's easy for me to say because, like, you know, I'm saying let's make it into a different movie. No, you're not. But, but I do you're think saying, that you're 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 you're. I'm I'm not really disagreeing with you. Yeah. Like as much as like you and I, I think both agree that this movie is not good. But you're putting it, I think, mostly on the execution of a script and I think the problems are at script level and then the execution only made it worse. That's fair. I mean that's understandable. The other review is in Entertainment Weekly. Uh, Force of Nature has the structure of a madcap romantic chase without the wiggy busting out freedom. If the surprise ending had been set up better, it might have tingled with romantic warmth, but instead it leaves the audience feeling numbly betrayed. We have no idea why these characters have just spent two days with each other and neither apparently do they. That speaks to to my point a little bit. Me which too. Is, yeah, no, I, I, it speaks yeah. to both of our points. But yeah. I, I think that if the surprise ending had been set up better, it might have tingled with romantic warmth, I think is exactly what we're saying. And I think that, again, I don't think those issues are on a script level. I think those issues are, are on a casting and execution level. But be that as it may, I think we're all sort of saying that this tried to do something interesting in its third act. It falls on its face. Is that... I mean, for me, I respect the swing. I respect that it tried. It failed. But that – all of this is – I feel like a long way of saying that for me, the reason that I'm going to put it over Runaway Bride, which again, a dubious achievement, is that it's trying something. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Runaway Bride is trying nothing. Runaway Bride, in fact, is failing at a very low bar that it has set for itself, whereas Forces of Nature has the bar set higher, doesn't hit it, but – tries at least to set the bar a little higher so for me like that's why i think it's a more interesting film than it has any right to be that's sort of where i come out on but um yeah i don't know i mean i still i still like the second half much better than the first i because i think that's where we are getting into more of the we're trying something territory right um and also i feel like the tension between sandra bullock and ben affleck like finally once they once they have the romance once they kiss it's like it it, the it changes which obviously yes um but i i also feel like uh, Roger Ebert's, you know, I have a tough time with him as a, truly, I, I, he's not my guru. He's We've not. We've bumped on a, a fair amount I of thought he was too. my guru. Yeah. Until we did 40 podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> and we've we've we've, yeah. we've referenced back, him a lot. We've referred back yeah. to him a lot. Yeah. And it's look, he might have been a product of the times, and he was an old man back then. But uh, deeply problematic <laughs> over and over. Yeah, but I think I feel his like American Beauty review in particular was a real problem. Oh well, that doesn't surprise me. But I feel like his um like what the the excerpt you just read is is very condescending. Like it's very just like ugh. What did I just watch? What? And it's like, 
Listen, I understand it's your job as somebody who is a critic to review movies, right? And if you're thinking about it in that way, it's like, should people see this movie? Should they spend their money on it? You know, he is obviously the pioneer of thumbs up, thumbs down. And I don't think it's that simple. And I do think, like, we've just spent an hour talking about the big swing. And I think that, like... We haven't got to play it. Uh, but, I, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I just, I take a little bit of an issue with him just being like, what's the point? Why did I just do this? And it's like, well, because you know what? Like, if you really want to get into why like because both of these reviews why did we just spend time well because sometimes in your lives like if you i've had experiences where you connect on some weird level with some weird person for 36 hours and then you never see them again and you never talk to them again but you go wow this was a really meaningful experience in that moment and so i'm not saying that that those beautiful <laughs> experiences made their way onto the screen. Right. They didn't always, but I, I just, I don't know. I don't I, think there's that a, that's There's fair. a very grumpy old, you know, white man it's, kind of vibe yeah. going on here of just like a guy who's just sort of like, mm, yeah. I don't really, you know. So, again, well, I, but I, 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 I'm not going to push back that hard because, like, you're right. But also, all right, so your point about these experiences do exist. Mm -hmm. Totally agree. I'd also say, you know, like this is kind of a before sunrise type of thing, right? Where, you know, that movie does it perfectly. Yeah, right? It's like probably my top ten favorite movie. But but that's it's the exact same idea, you know, kind in its own way, right? Like just like sure, these sure. two strangers meet, they're together for a period of time, they yeah. exchange some kind of intimate moments and then they go their separate ways. Yeah. Right? So it, like movies like that have been done and have been done really well. So I don't need this movie to like give me that experience. What what I feel like is this movie was an idea, a worthy idea, a noble idea that was so poorly executed. I did feel like – I felt the whole time like this. There, Another movie that I kept referring to in my head was The Hangover, which Phil knows I'm fucking crazy about. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, and part of the beauty of The Hangover was we really did want Justin Bartha to get home in time. Like it really did matter for us that he gets found and he goes home to this really nice woman he's about to marry and he's not an asshole and they have a good relationship. Throughout the course of this movie, I'm thinking, why are you going through hell and high water to go to this – to go to Savannah to this person that you've shown literally no affection towards or, or attraction to? The entire movie, the person that you should be with is in the car with you. Just call her and tell her the fucking wedding is off. On top of that, there's a monsoon. You don't have this wedding anyway. Well, I, I mean I would I would disagree in terms of that they don't have any affection or any sort of chemistry whatsoever between the two of them. And I don't think that that's necessarily fair. But it, but, as I, as but, I, but it matters because it's significantly less than, I'm not disagreeing than he you. has with the other character that – we are emotionally invested or we should be at least. We're, I mean we're, we're talking a little bit in circles just because I do think that the scene in the hotel room shot differently, directed differently is a cute scene. I think that it's there on the page. Now the difference between the – and the hangover did come to mind when I was watching this movie as well because I did think to myself like this is a strange sort of scenario where you know – Todd Phillips approaches The Hangover. It's a pretty broy movie. I think we can safely say that that it has that je ne sais quoi to it. Well, that's the tone of it, but the structure. Yeah, no, no, is, yeah, is I get that, out. and that's why I think that this movie. It's also like bright, and it's like it feels like a, it feels like it's having fun. 
This movie, its photography draws attention to itself. It takes, it, it just feels very gloomy. Um, but again, these are maybe all the reasons that I liked it. Like, it doesn't feel like a romantic comedy. It doesn't lean into the jokes. And again, that's, that's to its detriment. But it also is one of the reasons why I think that it's interesting. Um, I also was curious what, cause you're from the South. Mm-hmm. This movie has a weird South North thing that yeah. it's kind of doing. Yeah. That I'm really under- I, I like. I left it trying to be like, is it shitting on people from the South? Is it or from the North? Or from the North? Because like you've got the two sets of parents that you know New York versus. There's such a cynicism, cynicism in this movie, which is interesting to any kind of in any kind of Outsider. sincere yeah. emotional like understanding between two people. That like I mean we're not, I, we haven't even got into that but like the 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 morality of this movie. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Con- conflicted with my soul in such a bad way. Like this idea that like people are not meant to be in love. Yeah. That they that they throw out the entire movie and even the end of this movie, I am I, I will maintain he did wind up with the wrong person, the person that the person he did. I like, should he have made, made sorry was, should he have ended up with Sarah or alone? He should have ended up with Sarah for how long? For who knows? But but that's not what happens in a romantic comedy. A romantic comedy you or any kind of movie you end when you end and you don't know what happens after that. But right? did you feel? And I, I did, I, this is a genuine question, but did you feel as though his feelings for Sarah were anything more than fleeting? Like, to me, this was a guy who is having serious doubts about his impending nuptials. And so he meets this girl who seems like a firecracker and she seems like a girl that he's never met before. And he doesn't really know how to control himself around her. And she sparked a lot of things in him that he finds interesting. And he's drawn to her sexually to a certain extent. But then – when they do kind of, when they do kiss and they do, you're just like, they don't feel like a couple. Yeah, they feel like friends. They well, feel they, like fuck buddies. Well, like they just feel like two they people didn't that fuck, are, right? So they botched that. I, I, no, I do. Yes, I think, yeah, they, uh, I think they botched that scene. Like, I think that, I, I, I said they this couldn't in, go there. Okay. Otherwise. Yeah. I think they that, couldn't go there for the reason yeah, that, that I pointed out at the yeah. beginning. Sandra, I, yeah. Sandra Bullock and Ben Affleck need to play brother and sister. I like their chemistry when they get real with each other, when they're having fun, when they're goofing off. Like, I do think they have chemistry, but it's not a sexual or romantic chemistry. I also, when I, you know, as we were talking a little earlier, I thought about um, 
the proposal um, because Sandra Bullock and Ryan Reynolds, like Ryan Reynolds playing the younger guy, her playing like the worldly experienced woman. And yet Ryan Reynolds goes toe to toe with her and she kind of goes and softens a little. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and so I think that that might be the difference, but I, uh, so to uh, I don't think though. I didn't think that they belonged together though. But that's not. I, so look, that's not really like what I'm. Like, let me let me let me make this a little clearer. I don't think that any of the possible endings would have been satisfying because of all that we've said here, right? Mm-hmm. But I do think in in the absence of a satisfying ending, the most earned ending in this movie where the characters just spent two hours getting intimate, and I mean like exchanging intimate details about their lives and helping each other grow as people are the two that most would have satisfied my desires as a moviegoer. So I'm I'm hesitant to give it bonus points for doing what I think was detrimental to the movie and do something I, I, I acknowledge was a big swing, but I do think that it was so incredibly underned that I would have preferred just a classic movie. And I we did a romantic I, comedy I, I, last week. We did uh, – or recently we did Never Been Kissed. And I brought up the proposal because I think the proposal is a tremendously well-done romantic comedy. Um, and sometimes it a, just is supposed to be – About pedophilia. The never, proposal? Never Been Kissed? Oh, that's not oh, – no, no. Yeah, the proposals yeah, are really well done. Yeah, yeah. And, and sometimes it just – feels right sure and this one doesn't in that way i would agree i would i would also argue too that you know we're gonna we're gonna watch we have a whole bunch of other romantic comedies to watch this year the bachelor being one of them uh the uh Which um, one's the bachelor? it's chris, chris o'donnell, o'donnell and renee zellweger watched the trailer for that the other day and wow so my feeling on it is um you would have been bored stiff if this movie had just hit every beat i and was done everything anyway See, I wasn't. I thought I was at the very least. I was interested in what I was watching. It okay. was a mess, but I'm. I I will always take a a mess that is interesting to a movie that hits all the beats and is boring. As I shit. also think that you just touched on something really important, which is that we're forgetting the time. We're forgetting, like, yes, it's ninety nine. It's the end of the end of the nineties, but the rom com was like everything. Yeah. This was Alive everything. Well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and so the notion that you know. Yeah, I mean, I that almost makes me appreciate that much more is that for all the romantic comedies, like all the shitty romantic comedies that you guys are going to have to sit through. Not to say that this is a great movie by any stretch because it's not, yeah. but like, whoa, Runaway Bride, The Bachelor. But we like, also on the flip side, you know, we had Notting Hill, which is well, arguably is the, one of the top five greatest romantic comedies. And this is why rom coms are good, alive and well right. in this time period. I, I, I'm not, I, guys, in no way am I arguing, and you guys know this, but I'm just yeah. going to reiterate, in no way am I arguing. That every movie has to follow a typical structure. No, no, no. Very, I'm, I'm, I'm very pro taking the chance. But when I, th- it's this fails so plainly and flatly, and that's why I think it got those really shitty reviews because it is a really frustrating movie. It, it, it also bothers me, and like Phil, you know this, but it bothers me when um, a movie takes a swing like this and misses because it dissuades other people. From taking those similar swings, and that is just disappointing going forward. Like there aren't a lot of romantic comedies that one can point to. Certainly after this, that took similar swings, because it's a 
a movie like this fails and people say, well, you tried it with Forces of Nature. It failed. Why don't you just have the protagonists end up together? So, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I, I don't, I don't disagree with you. I think that, that, that there are a lot of problems with this. I think that, you know, uh, as we've said, it stated, they, they should have made some other choices. Um, you know, my, my response to the choices, uh, is to be more interested in them rather than to dismiss them. But I totally hear where you're coming from. I, I think that there's, there is a, you know, had this been, I, truthfully, I think that had Maura Tierney been recast, I think so much of this movie is drastically different. I think that if Maura Tierney is someone that Ben Affleck has a genuine chemistry, a genuine, you know, you're rooting for her as well. I think if you had that, I think this movie probably goes up 20% in your mind. I think that, that it was such a a third rail problem with this film that – and I'm in agreement with you – that the stakes aren't there because you don't have that investment in her uh, and in their relationship. Um, and when you cut back to her, which is relatively infrequently, you find yourself just being like, OK, I don't, I don't care about you because of, unfortunately, the actress that's portraying the role just doesn't have – the the you know the dynamics that are necessary for that to sing i also just again i think that if this film had been more and maybe generic is the wrong word or or pedestrian but had this been filmed in a way that was far less drawing far less attention to itself and allowed itself to be just a clean you know blue skies or when it's you've got weather or whatever I just think you've got there's there's a and I, I mentioned this you know when we get into the plot but like there's a moment when they get on the bus with all the old people it's shot like a fucking Terry Gilliam movie it's like all these like crazy fisheye lenses and yeah. like racking yeah. into their faces and stuff and I'm just like what is happening like I think this is bonkers but again I that's the type of stuff that removes you and pulls it's, you out of it it's so if you're going to use tricks it's so important that the tricks are motivated by story I don't disagree with I you I know I know yeah, and yeah. that it, it's, that's I don't know. It's if if it were a more generic, conventional at the very no, least. No, conventional. Yeah. If it were a more conventional movie, I I I also keep going back to Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, which like it's a great movie. It's one of the fucking greatest movies ever made. I don't like that movie. <laughs> Tell me why. Tell me why. Be, I, because no, I didn't yeah. grow up on it, so oh. I watched it for the first time at the holidays last year, and I was oh. like, "That's it. That's the yeah, it's, really. And that happens to me. I, I watched that as I watched the first time as a grown up too. Maybe it's because you're a dude. It is about two dudes, and they're like I really like about no, no. Two and women. I'm not, I'm not saying that that it's impossible <laughs> to do both and vice versa and all mm-hmm. the things. I'm just saying, uh, like for instance, I quite like The Hangover, uh, but I do disagree with what you said earlier about the bride being endearing or you care about them. Like as a lady, I was like, who is this? What? Why do I? What? She's in it for two seconds, and all she's doing is calling, 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 calling. Where mm-hmm. the fuck is he? Where the fuck is he? But. The journey I love. The guys are great. They're amazing. It's a fucking hilarious movie. But with planes, trains, and automobiles, like to me, it's just so. It just doesn't hold up, honestly. Like it's there's nothing to me. There's nothing special about planes, trains, and automobiles. I don't want to make it a planes, trains, and automobiles podcast. Um, I understand for just real quick. I understand that I am in the minority, and I'm not arguing otherwise. I'm just saying. And I, I, I am often in the minority when it comes to movies, and I. Strongly respect contrarian opinions about classic movies, I, I or movies that have been deemed classic by the public, and I totally respect that. Um, and I don't really want to defend it, but I do want to say 
I think it's one of the best movies ever made. And I also think part of that is because of um, the ending, which is I, I'm, 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 I'm so beautiful. It's such a beautiful ending where essentially playing scenes on automobiles is a love story between these two men, right? And they're it's a it's a emotional story between these two men. And at the end of this movie, Steve Martin goes with his family and John Candy walks away down the street. And you think that could be the end of this movie. You really don't know. Totally speaking, you don't know the ending it's giving giving you, right? It could be that that's just that, – that it was all about the journey to get Steve Steve Martin home and that's the end of it. But Steve Martin turns around and goes and brings him back for Thanksgiving and it is so fucking gorgeous. It's, it, it, it warms my heart in such a beautiful way that I almost feel like that's the ending I wanted in this movie. Like I almost feel like the ending I wanted in this movie was Ben Affleck turning around at the end and going and finding Sandra Bullock. Even if they were just going to be friends and even to be, just be like, let's continue our, our, our <clears throat> relationship that's so important. Yeah, I mean I will, I will agree that it is weird that she sees him with more tyranny at the end and just like pieces out. Like there's a part of me that feels like there's some way of folding her into that ending, um, you know, and then the shitty pitch is that, you know, Ben Affleck helps her reconnect with her son in some way. You know what I mean? Or, or I don't know what it is, but she just sort of, they just kind of fracture at that point, which to, which I agree to Kenny's point, we've invested in this relationship. So for it to not come to fruition in some form or another, even if it just means to help uh, her find her kit or whatever it is, um, I, I agree. It that that, that does, I mean, literally could have been a letter correspondence. I, I, no, I know. I, like I, the I, lake I, yeah. house. Like the lake. Well, no, I'm kidding. But, I'm but kidding. even <laughs> like, but even like the lake house hits that, it's yeah. those Beats. There's I, no closure. I, I think just... the reason that we want closure is is once again because Sandra Bullock is Sarah. Like th- that is my biggest issue. Is I don't want them to end up together. And honestly, I don't feel like they need to have a relationship after this because this is Ben's story. This is Ben's story of coming to learn that he likes being a square. He likes. Uh, Bridget, Bridget, is Bridget. he likes Bridget, and he learned that, and he and he gained that life experience. He had the best bachelor party you could have, a best seventy two hour bachelor party you could have had via Sarah, and then Sarah, Sarah's love story is with her son because I don't think Sarah wants to be with Ben. I think Sarah's like this is fun for now, and I'm having a great time. But at least she knows she even says that to him. Yeah, she says to him, "You you're not in love with me, and and I know that but because she has low self esteem." I no, mean, like, I, it really is. I, no, I don't she's think like, it. No, she's like, no one should be in love with me. But yeah, that's, well, that was the whole idea. But it, but isn't it also, you know, something to be said for the fact that no one should be in love with her because she knows enough about herself to know that she has issues and she hasn't fixed them. And she knows enough about life and she can see by looking at Ben, like, dude, you got your own thing going on over there. You don't need to fuck up your whole trajectory on a whim. I, I think that. I mean, <laughs> I think you're both right, and I'm not just saying that, but I do think that both sides of this are true. I think that there's a way to have your cake and eat it too, and unfortunately, they either didn't attempt it or were unable to find a way to figure it out. I think that you know, in my head, as you guys were talking, I was thinking, you know, who could have played Bridget and made it palatable? A name that comes to mind in 99 is Reese Witherspoon. So weird. I was thinking the same person. Because she's a sweet little southern girl. Because she's a sweet little southern girl yeah. that, you, that you're like, okay, 
yeah, 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 I would do everything I could to get back to her. And I think that I would have bought so much of the cutesy pie kind of stuff that they have. And, and I would buy her pulling that out of Ben Affleck. Like, it's just, it's, it's, it's an a, unfortunate. It's a, it's a good point. And also, can I point Sorry. something else out? I noticed that Maura Tierney and Sandra Bullock don't not look like each other. And <laughs> Ben Affleck and, hold on, I wrote his name down because it was very sad, taught David Strickland, uh, who was on Suddenly Susan, yeah, was and the... was cut, his life was very cut short, which yeah. is really sad. Um, but David Strickland and Ben Affleck look alike. Yeah, so yeah. I, I noticed that, yeah. like, all all four of our leads kind of resemble each other, and yeah. I thought, like, yeah, why get a blonde person in here? Yeah, yeah. Get like you know Bradley Cooper and Wedding Crashers, mm-hmm. like the big mm-hmm. jacked up guy who's like kind of broed out, and have that be um, mm-hmm. uh, David Strickland's character. You know, but like even, even the parents all kind of they look do. Yeah. Unfortunately they look similar. like doppelgangers of each other. But the, <laughs> all right, so the more tyranny point because I, I've been kind of struggling with your your take on her. Because I really like her as an actor. I love more Tyrion, um, just to be too. very, very clear. Well, no, and, and I'm not saying you don't. Like, I can sense that. But more Tyranny playing a girl from Savannah with her fucking neutral Northeastern accent <laughs> is fucking stupid. <laughs> um, and also, like, she's she's got this New York cynicism to her. Yep. And, like, I... I would honestly, I, I mean, like, I feel like I would crawl through glass to root for her. Like, I, I don't know how to, how else to explain no, it. No, like, I hear there's you. Something about her, especially after watching Four Seasons of the Affair, where I'm like, she is someone that I, I, I want to see win, and I, and also her personal story sure. and all the shit she's gone through, and like, I, I can graft that onto her. But I, I, I do think back to the Cameron Diaz of it, and part of it, you know, interestingly enough, not like this really matters, but like. Ben Affleck's eight years younger than Sandra Bullock and he's six years younger than Maura Tierney in this movie. He feels it. It feels – it would have been different. Cameron Diaz was in her early 20s during that. Mm-hmm. And you know, I know Sandra – I know Julie Roberts was playing 28 but she was older than that in um, My, My Best, Best Friend's Wedding. Wedding. And there's something about this wounded child. Like it's not really child but this wounded younger person that you didn't want to see hurt by this. I never felt that with more tyranny. But she also cheated. Like, that's in the that, script. That was fucked that's up. That's also in the script. We have so, to talk about the plot. Because yes. we've been talking for an hour and 20 minutes. I did not think this would go as long as it did, but it is a very so, interesting movie. It is an interesting movie. Uh, and it has uh, elicited a very interesting conversation. <laughs> um, uh, let's just quickly get through the plot, just because, you know. Uh, so we open uh, a terrible credit sequence. With like things flying around in in clouds and shit, it's weird. Uh, and then we've got the drum and bass of Ben Affleck's uh, bachelor party or Ben's bachelor party. Uh, Ben's grandfather has a heart attack at the bachelor party. He tells That's Ben that my he, my grandfather had a heart attack at my bachelor no, party. I'm sorry, I'm kidding. No grandfathers at bachelor parties. Like that's like right. by well, number like, one. I, I, it's a 75 person bachelor party, and the grandfather's there. Anyway, so the grandfather has a heart attack. Uh, in his hospital, Betty tells Ben that uh, he wasn't really in, was never really into his grandmother, uh, which plants seeds of doubt in Ben's head about his impending nuptials. Um, Bridget decides to head down to Savannah early to prep for the wedding. Stop me if I'm getting this wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, while he stays in New York with his grandfather? I think Ben is afraid to fly, and so he's delaying the flight as much oh, as he can. Okay, and okay. she goes down early to... It to, I think he's delaying the flight as long as he can. Maybe he uses and using the grandpa. excuse of the grandfather. Exactly. Okay. I think. Uh, ben then sees Sarah, played by Sandra Bullock, making out with a guy in the airport. Uh, 
Ben tries to write his vows on the plane, and Sarah starts snickering at him as he's writing his vows. We find out that he's like a, a book cover blurb he's guy. He's a jacket book cover writer. writer. Uh, a bird flies into the propeller, but the plane crashes into a sign. That sequence was the first one where I was like, okay, so that's There's how the they money. spent $75 yeah. million. Dollars. We're just like, this is so unnecessary. Uh now Ben is even more afraid to fly, so Sarah and him decide to rent a car, but there are no cars. They find some guy that's willing to share the whole thing with them, who I believe was in The Big Lebowski. I think he's like the dude's landlord in The Big Lebowski. Maybe. But I could be I, wrong. He looks so familiar, he but looked I, really I really familiar. couldn't figure out where I knew him. And then during their drive, we have our first big needle drop, which is uh, the Low Fidelity All-Stars Battle Flag, which I will always think of Carter being stabbed on ER to that song. So for all the big ER fans out there. Clearly none of them in this room. Uh, ben and Sarah are arrested when the guy they share the rental car with smokes some pot and drops the joint and then Ben has to grab the wheel and the cops pull it. It's all a little bit convoluted and and also that sequence geographically I found very confusing. I was like, how did the cops? It doesn't matter. Then they decide to take a train. Um, the train goes the wrong way. The train stops at one point on a bridge Sarah climbs onto the roof of the train, which feels incredibly dangerous and unlikely. Like, this train feels like... The like, train was stopped, we should say. The train was stopped. Yes, yeah, sorry. The, the train, train was stopped, was stopped but it also, on a bridge. On a bridge, but over it also... water. But the way they got out made me think, like, like it was an old hobo train. Like, yeah. those trains that had those big, like, yeah. sliding I mean, I'm, I'm getting the sense <laughs> yes. that... I'm not supposed to be pointing out how stupid this movie is. Of course is, it. I'm not. But this movie I mean, is so fucking stupid. <laughs> like, I mean, like every, like, I mean, all my yelled, notes are like, this yeah. is stupid. This is stupid. I love more tyranny. This is stupid. Like, it's just, uh, it's, I mean, it's not, it is, again, I don't want to keep beating a dead horse, but I do think that so much of this is execution dependent. This movie was not directed with a light touch. If this had been directed by someone who understood where the fun was, who understood like, stand back, let these people be movie stars, let these people do what they got to do. But instead, it felt like it was directed within an inch of its life in an effort to somehow make it a better movie. And in the process, I think she kind of sucked a lot of the life out of the movie. I Take this I, scene in I, particular like, where you've got like this – they've stopped on the train. They climb onto the roof. Sarah convinces him to yell – or just to scream into the wilderness yeah. or whatever. And again, it's a cute scene. Fine. You know, the two of them, but, and, but then it punches it, out to this insane, like, well, I was going to say like, that kind of looks good. It just, it feels, it looks cool, but it's, it does, it's, it's, it's apropos of nothing. It's apropos of nothing. But that's the point. Like it look like so much of this movie to me is like, all right, so cool shots, cool plane crashes, cool weather sequences, Cool, you know, like even yeah. cool small things like in the hotel room with the lighting, like that's cool in a different movie. Mm -hmm. Cool ending um, or cool ending idea, but like all apropos of nothing, all motivated by nothing. Yeah. All, you know, like all these insane buys. And the reason I brought up the grandpa thing is like right in the beginning, there are so many buys you have to just – To get into the To get to, into to everything. The and then they hit the dead horse with – the grandpa says sleep around. Kenny Banya on the planes to sleep around. The guy in the the guy who they do the rental no, car no, wants to sleep around. I, I mean I, I I do think though that there are 
positive attributes about this movie. Like I know that it's it's easy to pile on to the things that aren't working, and I understand why we're doing that to a certain extent. But I also think that there are some nice things. There's two things in particular that I'm about to bring up. The first is I love the shots of uh, the hail and the rain of that aerial shot of them with all the rain coming down. It's really beautiful. It's a great shot. It is. It's cool. It's it's. There's someone with an eye behind the camera that is trying to do something interesting here. Again, not successful in a lot of ways. But then we have the department store beats, which, again, apropos of kind of nothing, not exactly motivated by anything from a story perspective. But the two of them are the most charming they've been in the movie up yeah. until this point. It feels like Career Opportunities, which is a cute I movie. I love that movie. Um, you know, they've got walkie-talkies. And there's just – there's something very sort of like if the movie – and again, it's also the only sequence in the film – brightly lit where the camera's not doing anything crazy Mm -hmm. and it's just letting them be cute and goofy. If the film had been more of that, I think that we would have had a better film on our hands or a more successful film. It's so weird because in that moment, I was just, that that has the sense, it was like a Walmart or a Target or something like that. It's a Kmart, I think. Kmart. It has the sense of like, Someone saying we're spending too much money and and we need to do a couple of (laughs) days. Slow down. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we need to do a couple of days in one location. Right? Yeah. That being said, like be- that a, helps the movie. It's a breath of fresh air in yeah. the film in that time. It's also Ben seems to get what he's doing in those scenes. It all just feels like everything just kind of got taken down to a ground level and they were allowed to just kind of goof around. I don't know how you feel about that. Well, what I was going to say is on your to your point of we're spending too much money. Um, you asked me earlier about the North and the South thing mm-hmm. and um, – and one thing that as a person from the South who who loves Savannah that I thought of was we don't see Savannah in this movie. Only the one. Which yeah, is no. crazy Only the to one me. House. Like, yeah. And yeah. We're, you, we spend so much time in rooms in this house, yeah. which is also crazy because if you've ever – like for instance, if you're watching uh, Sharp Objects, which is not the South, but it is this grand old really small town money, yeah. you see that house. The house is decorated in such a way that if you know anything about Southern people and you know anything about old Southern money, mm. you know that that house would have been something to look at. Every little piece would have been antique and old and special. So I wanted to point that out. Like the biggest – I mean, yes, we have that weird north and south like back and forth between the parents and they don't get along and they think he's bougie and whatever. But – and they they keep – Ben's parents keep defending him. But the other thing I noticed was like we don't see any of the south and we don't see any of Savannah, which is one of the most beautiful places in the the United States. And all you see is that backyard, which is like there's so much more. You also see the backyard. In the middle of a fucking hurricane, right? Yeah. So, so to, to your point, and, yeah. they yeah. they could have so easily contrasted the bullshit that Ben's going through with the beauty of Savannah. It could have been the beauty could have been her, meaning like more a tyranny, you know? Yeah. Like yeah. Savannah, it could is, have made it feel warm and comforting and everything you want. And also to that point, like considering the ending of this movie. There was no conflict between Sandra Bullock and no. Ben Affleck outside of the one, in my opinion, botched scene that had the kiss in the middle that like w- – whatever. But like and it's just – it should have been these two people who fucking hated yeah. each other. Well, it should and, have like, been – it happened one night. It should have been two people from two different sides of the – again, they're kind of 
and I just this just sort of as we're talking, the north and south of it all, I think, is supposed to create a situation where it feels like two people from two different types of two different places and on she the country. Was like South Carolina ish. Central Bullock. I don't no, even remember. I, where. No, no, no. I agree. She, I, I, I think that I don't know. Was where that she what was she was from. supposed to be? But I think her. She has a former life in the South. That's why she's going back there. Yeah, because her left, husband's yeah. there with her kid. Well, she's going back for the, the bagel store. Right. <laughs> anyway, um, we haven't gotten to the bagels. We're gonna get there. Um, so, <laughs> Sarah reveals that she's been married twice. She has a kid. The kids in the South with her with the husband, uh, and she wants to try to reintegrate herself into his life. Again, this is where like there's a real lack of specificity, which is the problem. You don't understand why she left the kid. You don't understand why the marriage didn't work. You know, abandoning your child is a big fucking deal, and you're not entirely sure why. And that not jiving makes a significant part of this movie not work. But uh, that being said, we then see Richard Schiff. He shows up. He's Don't you love beardless Richard Schiff? Not as much as I like I, Richard Schiff with a beard. I mean like <laughs> he's such an interesting guy in his own little way because he was in movies like this without his beard playing yeah. the schlub. And then he grows a beard and all of a sudden he's like kind of this hot bald guy. It's like it's yeah. such a weird thing. Yeah. Like He doesn't uh, have a beard in Lost World, I don't think, right? When he dies in Lost World. I don't remember if he does or not. But No, he's played anyway. all these schlubs before. Yeah, it's he's weird. like Toby. Uh, so then Ben agrees to pretend to Same be Sarah's year, by the way, husband but, uh, and a doctor to get on the bus with these old people to basically scam a ride. Um. Because then, that's her quirky yeah. thing is that she makes up stories. Right. Right? Like right, meaning right. why is he a doctor for those who aren't listening? No reason. Sarah just makes up <laughs> – she's just ma- literally making yeah. up a story. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but they were also insulted when they found out he wasn't. Yeah. Well, because he also saved someone's life. As a yes, doctor. after he the did, after did. the crazy sombrero ride, which well, was like I didn't a know fever where the fuck dream, I was <laughs> that was the craziest thing. I thought we were in Mexico <laughs> until all of a sudden we're in Fayetteville. I mean, like, the, but that ride looked insane. I know, put a bunch of old people on that ride. It was pretty funny. Anyway, so that was kind of cool. Someone has a heart attack. Ben pretends to be a doctor, saves the guy's life. Uh, then we get to a motel that feels like the motel from Blue Valentine. Oh, I thought it, it was shot so darkly, and I was just like, oh god, like it just it was kind of grimy and weird, and like it was trying to be sexy. I also her behind the see through thing where she's like sexily taking off her clothes, but he can't see her, but he can see her, and then he's like all conflicted. It's a very strange. It's, I don't know it what. Such a, it felt like such a movie construct. Yeah, right. Like, but it looked cool. This is my big thing with this movie is that shit doesn't work, but I'm like, but it looks interesting. So I kind of, I don't know. I, kind I, of get, I, I get what you're saying. Like, that didn't really bother me outside of the like the blatant objectification. Like, the, sure. like if you want to get sexy, you get sexy. You but know? I think she, I think Sandy wanted it at that point, meaning like wanted to. Right. Brent, I think she was probably like, yeah, it's sexy time. I'm going to run around in my underwear. Yeah. I'm going to be cool. I'm going to be. Yeah. I yeah. feel like that was something she was trying to do. Yeah. Because also, trying to exude that Nicole element, Kidman yeah. just got to play the sexy sister in Practical Magic. So she probably was like, it's my I like turn. Practical Magic, by Oh, the way. I love Have you seen Practical Magic? magic? Yeah. It's, like, like I, I, de- I definitely haven't seen the last 15 years, but I definitely saw it. It's a like fun movie. Like five it's, times. it's more fun than... Yeah, it's, Nicole it's, Kidman's like kind of the sexy, wild, quirky one. Yes. Yeah. And Who kills that Goran like, Visnich. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> if you can see Clark's face right now. <laughs> I love Practical <laughs> Magic so, so did my roommate much. loves Practical Magic. Yeah. Stockard Channing is there. Yeah, anyway. it's great. So, so, so then, become, then happens 
Then the, becomes then happens. Then become, well, I mean, this movie's beating me up. But the, what what happens well, here oh. is one of the biggest buys in the movie, and it drives me so fucking. Which is nuts. that Steve Zahn and his girlfriend are at this motel. But who's his girlfriend? That was the that was the maid yeah. of honor. The maid oh, right. of honor, and yeah. and it's again. It's, it's a weird. I thing. mean, look, I'm not telling you guys anything you don't know, but it's the concept of. The forces, the forces all around us, all the fates. Sure. Like, of course, yeah. he left the ring, so then he had to go back, and so then, of course, they meet up together. It's like in Home Alone, like when the family walks yes. in at the very end, and and yeah. she's you know just ridden the bus, and he's like, "Yeah, we took the yeah. plane you didn't want to take." Yeah. Like, ah, yeah, I mean, but I mean, I'm cool. Yeah. With, cool. The the Steve Zahn leaving the ring is fine. Um, coincidence to get in, into a plot is great. Uh, coincidence to. Yeah, solve a plot, a plot is really is bad, bad. Yeah. but and in this one in particular just um even if it, like like my, my issue is steve's honest with the maid of honor we never met her she's about to become an incredibly important character who is also not jennifer gray right nope. no no i man but it kind of looks like for her. the yeah. longest time i yeah. thought it was jennifer and then there's like the simple logic problem of like once she finds out call yeah. more tyranny don't go all the way to the wedding, get in your maid of honor outfit, like and stand there in the monsoon yeah. and then tell her. But yeah, it's it's a it's a really big buy. I'm not I don't have anything to say other than like it's like an unfortunate a, thing at this point in the movie where like things are supposed to be turning I mean that doesn't even like take into the account of all the gin joints in all the world aspect of it. But well, yeah. like I'll even buy that. It's just like to me introduce her before. I like it, it, yeah. that doesn't seem that hard to me. Yeah, you I agree. know? I don't, I don't disagree. Uh, ben and Sarah then get into an argument about sort of commitment and relationships in the hotel room. Uh, he calls her out for picking terrible men. She calls him out for not loving Bridget. He then calls her out for abandoning her child, and then they kiss. It's a lot. There's like, it's it's a crazy scene. Um, but like, again, in some weird way, I think they kind of pull off the scene. And I, I, I would have gone all the way. Like they, to me, that, to oh, me, you like, mean like them having sex? The buy, like, like, the, like the that was honestly it was like halfway my favorite scene of the movie because like yeah. I love it's kind of I a love weird characters fucking, yelling yeah. that yelling at each other, yeah. saying really mean things yeah. to each other, acting in a totally <laughs> different way, and then going all. The if way. I also may, I feel like that's the first time that I saw the Ben Affleck that I love. Me too. Yes, yes, yes. It, with the with the you, he's smirking the first whole and time, only, yeah. and he's banging his luggage around, but he's laughing, kind of like fucking half laughing. That's the reason that we love him in Gone Girl because he always has the smirk, right? And it's like that's why he's Ben Affleck. Here he's Ben Affleck for the first time, and that's why for me the movie kicks over in that. Which is something scene. interesting at that point because yes. then. Well, then I would just say Western- I just want to make this yeah. point. It's the only time in the movie for me that he's given anything interesting to play. Well, because that's so. the character comes to life a little bit because there's a, a a little portion of him. It's it's this and then the Western Union thing catching on fire. That was kind of funny. Which was kind of funny, yeah. and and it's those two things in concert that feel like he kind of goes fuck it. Like that's when he kind of like clicks and says like I give up. Yeah. The fates are against me. Reminds me a little bit of uh, the bringing on the dead ambulance crash. Yes. You know, where yes. he's, he's just, just like laughing okay. at yeah, it. He's like, laughing. this is fucking crazy. Like, so, th- so those are the, the beats that I wanted out of this movie. I wanted And had that been I sooner, this- I think we would, you know what I mean? Like, we're, you have to remember, we're probably, we're, a, I don't know, like 40, 50 minutes into Maybe this little, movie, yeah. probably something like that. Like, if this energy had been there way sooner, I think that this movie would have been able to lose the Tarzan scene, lose yeah. the, the lose, well, the you know, oh yes, yes, sheet, sorry, yes, like yes, up yes. on the top of the train, yeah, 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 like yeah, lose, yeah. lose the fucking uh, carnival scene. I know yeah. we have to Sombreros, figure out yeah. that, yeah. But you're, but uh, yeah, but to your point, like there's, there's, 
so much here, like like this movie is so thematically off because there's so much here in the idea of forces of nature. Absolutely, you yes. know. Yeah, there's like, very few actual forces. Well, there actually, there's a lot. There is. I, I really was paying attention, and like but the thing is, yeah. they're not particularly clever. They're right. not particularly interesting. They don't stay with you. It yeah. happened, but it does. There are many, many instances where you can go get it. Forces of nature, get it. Fate, get it. But it's not as cool as the set piece of the Western Union or what you know what but, I mean, right, or the to, hurricane. For instance, to to lead into the Western Union scene, which like t- truthfully is what this movie should have been, right? The movie should have a been a series of things every like fucking, Western every yeah. every step forward, it's two steps back because of things yeah. they can't control. <laughs> it should have been Final Destination, but trying to go to a kind wedding. Of, I would have. I mean, kind of. Yeah. I would have signed me up for that. Remember why they needed money? To get, to the get car? a car, but but why did they not oh, have? Because she lost her, oh, got right. her wallet stolen because right. Ben was taking a nap, which was also like once again, you're just like, wait a second, in a laundry mat. So yeah. you, so I'm basically pitching. Yeah. You have every natural disaster and force of yes. nature at your disposal yes. in this movie. You are, es- Earth, you are explicitly, wind, fire. you are yes. explicitly selling me on this idea that like every. Thing that the earth can do to conspire against you is going to happen and you have some fucking bum steal the wallet like she could have they could have literally been caught in a flood yeah. holding on to trees and yeah. the wallet could have gone down the water and that could have been because obviously they had to lose money that's I'm this, having chill that's factor, this game uh, flashbacks it's it's <laughs> oh, chill factor chill factor I, 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 I this is not as bad as chill factor <laughs> <laughs> Um, so then Ben and Sarah start. feels similar to Ben. What's interesting too is outside the Western Union is also the moment when Ben, as I said, kind of says, fuck it. But then he starts like making out with her in public. Yeah. Like he leans in, he kisses her with the fire and the whatever. They go back to the motel. They're busted by the old people for lying. And then they make out more. (laughs) Or you think they're making out and then it's revealed that it's actually more a tyranny making out with Strickland, right? Yeah. yeah. And that was a moment for me where I was like – Fuck that. Like that yeah. was – because it felt it, – it, I didn't like it because it was protecting Ben yep. rather than doing something that felt motivated on the more tyranny side. She didn't even seem into that guy. She wasn't. She seemed well, bored. He, he sucked. He does suck. Would the he, Phil Collins thing when he sings Phil Collins to her, I was like, what is <laughs> what this? What a weird scene I, that was. I, <laughs> in, in, like, in like not the worst voice ever. Like, no. that, like the weirdest part of no. that was like, this isn't bad. This is the thing. And see, okay, <laughs> I'm sorry. But I, like, I, I love that if, song. <laughs> had more time with any of these real characters we could have actually seen that Maura Tierney's character really did leave the the star of the show back in Savannah and she really is compromising by marrying knucklehead Ben like meaning compromising in the way that her parents see it right like she is the force of nature going against her parents going against the town going against her culture but if we don't get any time with them alright so, that's weird comp <laughs> Weird comp alert. Superman lives. Okay. Superman lives does a very cool thing in that. Superman Returns? You know what I'm talking about. Superman Returns. Brandon Routh. Yeah, yeah. Does a very cool thing (laughs) in that movie. You know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. (laughs) I think Superman lives is the tagline or something like that. Superman Superman Forever. Superman Robin. Um, There's a very cool thing in that movie and that's not make James Marsden suck. Yes, absolutely. Because it makes it interesting. Yeah, because the whole movie you're like – if she goes with Clark, 
we lose this decent guy. That yeah. was the most uh, – Superman Returns, that love triangle was the most interesting part of that movie and that's saying a lot. It shouldn't have been for a Superman movie. Yeah. But I agree with yeah. you. It was it was actually it, smart. It's a bold stroke yes. and I wonder – and I don't even know the fucking answer. But like if in the reimagining of this movie where Reese is playing more a tyranny and all this other stuff happens, like – what would what would it look like if this guy was cool? Was cool. If this guy yeah. not not like cool like the fucking quarterback, mm-hmm. like actually like charming. a decent guy that you sort of that you. What bought. if he's Paul Rudd? Yeah. You know, it's always like like yeah, what yeah, if he's Paul Rudd? Yeah. Then like how do you go through this movie? Because well, this is again, and I don't mean to say this again, but again, this comes down to casting. Like it comes down to had these roles been cast better, they would have popped more. Because the script, to your point, is not servicing these ancillary characters in a very good way. Like it's just not so. If it's cast by people that you're rooting for, then all of a sudden it changes everything. It would be better. So, it would be better. I, be better. I, I, so. I've come around to your point, but um, – <laughs> It took me an hour and 42 minutes, well, but I feel like we did it, it. Well, that it would be better. <laughs> Clark is like – We're well, talking I, as long as the movie yeah. is. It's, we're, we're longer than the movie. <laughs> we, we do Let's, that. We do that every podcast. But I, so just to keep moving because yeah. we need to keep moving. We now get to a place – again, which I was like, I, this was stupid. But her convincing Ben to strip for So money. I like this scene. <laughs> OK. I'm gonna, I'm going to say – Defend it right uh, for it. I no, I, honestly, like it's it, it it's dumb. It's so dumb. It's cute, though. But the actual dance that they do on the tabletop, mm-hmm. I yeah. I giggled a couple right. of times. I I will uh, dis- dissent, obviously. <laughs> um, I I don't like this scene for two reasons. Okay, one, don't like the setup. Obviously, like. I just like that. We've also seen it how many times? Detroit Rock Detroit, City yeah, did it, yeah, but this does it. You know, this does the whole gay panic, gay panic thing. But I can let that go. It's right. 1999. Yes. If you're going to do this, oh my god, get fucking naked. Okay, like he never takes his he shirt even off, take his shirt which off. was weird. <laughs> like it was totally a. Do you think weird... it's because Ben Affleck at this yes. time doesn't have the physique? Uh, to be able to pull but it off. But isn't that actually kind of I cute? Agree, and in, isn't it? So if, if, all, if rom-coms are all about... already fucking yeah. out yeah. at this point. Yeah. If rom-coms yeah. are all about being cute, isn't it kind of cute that like he's this like skinny book jacket writer but then starts to have fun with it? Yeah. Although I will say when Ben Affleck starts to have fun, which he does in this scene, yeah. it's infectious. Like once mm-hmm. again, it's not this, It's not as strong of a moment as when he they're fighting in the hotel room, but there was a little glimmer of that Goofy I'll, Ben Affleck yeah, I, that I, I, I love. I think. I think to, to my point, the, the the far bigger sin in this scene is not going, going further yeah. with what you're talking about because there is, and then it goes away. Yeah. Like it's like, all right, we got what we needed out of him. He's he's opened up. That's enough. Oh no 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 no! You're playing a gay panic beat. Get this guy to go all the way and face his fears. I I, I you know? agree. I, I'm going to say this again. I agree with both of you. I'm going to say this, though. I do think that Sandra Bullock is having a blast up there on the stage. She's awesome in this scene. And she's she's having a great time. Yeah. And that is infectious. And so much so that you start to see Ben getting into it. So that well, part of it is fine. I think we're all saying the same yeah, thing, it's just, which, it's, is like, it's the, which, which is the periphery against, of it, yeah. a, like a, a, almost despite itself, Yeah, it starts to work. And then they lose their nerve. Yeah. Also, I do th- know that this scene is played for laughs and I understand. But um, by the time we shoot this scene, we're in the South. And so if you're in a gay bar in the South, the guys uh, – it's it's a Southern gay bar, meaning mm-hmm. like it's probably 
less uh less flashy or out as a gay bar and so which which is clear it's it, right there, there's no signs whatsoever that make it look like a gay bar. right and so i um i i mean i guess i don't really know where i was going with that i guess what i'm saying is i i i don't know i guess as a straight lady i shouldn't be talking about if something is i don't know i just i i didn't find it like i thought about it i actively was like in 2018 i'm sitting here watching this scene yeah is this truly tone deaf and offensive? It doesn't make sense for the context of the scene. Like they wandered into a gay bar, they didn't know it, and and now they want Ben Affleck to strip. And I don't know. It's it's a weird it's a weird thing. Again, I, I would say I just don't think it needed to be gay men. I no, mean, it I, didn't. It just you know what I mean. Like if well, it was I, just if it was if it was women, but it was women. I, I, I mean, it's, it, true. It just feels like you know it's, yet it's another. Moment in search of a setup. Yeah, well, it's a waste of That honestly, you you know that that that's what it is because the reason it can't be women is because we're all looking at Sandra Bullock, mm-hmm. and so it has to be the guys, right? Because the the joke that we're ultimately going after is, I'm not interested in you. How much for you? Oh no, no, yeah. you. It's yeah. in the trailer. Yeah. No, like, you you mean it was a. Could have been an all, all, all women, women, like ladies' night. But, and what I'm saying is that that oh, joke doesn't, 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 doesn't work yeah, yeah, because, yeah. you know. So um, now we're basically in a race to the wedding for all intents and purposes. Um, you know, and as much as it's on the nose, I just – I didn't hate the idea of Ben and Bridget getting together in the middle of a maelstrom. Like I, I think that that as, as sort of, you know, whatever – it it worked for me. I, I just first of all, I thought it, it looked really well done, considering, um, and it, it it worked for me. Now, the context well, they, they they got together in the eye of the hurricane. Yes, and I the 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 fact that like I I mean I'm a kind I'm a believer that when you pick a theme, that you should stick to it. And this is why I like yeah. Game Night so much. And I've said this over and over it's a great again. Movie. Like Game Night has its theme, fucking games, and they play games. <laughs> Throughout the movie, yeah. no matter what the situation is, they play charades to, to find out where like – I don't remember what it is, where, where the knife is or some shit. So I love that they get together in the eye of a hurricane. That's, that's actually I like – that's yeah. actually exactly the way this should end. Yeah. I Except do you think it should be Sandra Bullock? Um, well, look, I think you're saying I, that for I, this I version there, of this, I think there's so yeah, yeah, I think there's yeah. so many things that I would have changed to get to that moment. Yeah. But yeah, I definitely think like – I, I think I would have gone with with I, I th- or or conversely, I would have built up more tyranny to make that moment work. Right. But totally. I think that my takeaway from this episode, if I'm being completely honest, is that and I'm I'm going to compare it again to the Runaway Bride episode that we had, which is the Runaway Bride episode was we all were kind of laughing at how stupid the movie was. This movie elicited a far more visceral response it 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 hits some nerves it's a messy movie i don't think it works across the board but it has stuff in it that i think is really interesting and this conversation has been more interesting i love the runaway bright episode because it was fun but i don't think we really got into any sort of it it's just that movie is just surface like it's totally superficial this movie falling on its face many times over is sort of kind of weirdly falling into some interesting subjects along the way. So it, so for that, I, I commend it. It's a super interesting comparison. That's why I loved like, the question right yeah. away, right? Because yeah. Runaway Bride, when we did that episode, it's punching up. 
you got gear, you got Roberts, you got Gary Marshall, you got two hundred million dollars, right? You got like the ninth biggest movie of the year, like running a fucking ton of money, and they tried nothing. Right, and on top of that, they tried less than nothing. They took the, they they took yeah. like save the cat, filled in the filled in the beats, filled them in poorly, and didn't hit everything they were supposed to hit. Okay, this movie, I think, maybe I, I, I maybe it looks a little bit like I'm punching down, but what I really feel is like missed opportunity. Yeah, you're missed just disappointed. Yeah. Missed opportunity. Yeah. Missed I'm opportunity. I'm not mad. I'm just. <laughs> That's exactly how Although I Kenny feel. is a little mad. Well, I'm just like <laughs> I, I, you know, this is I, 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 I never get mad. Like chill factor, I don't get mad at, even though I also fucking honestly think that was a missed opportunity. <laughs> but. Like that's such a great log line. Yeah, when when Kenny taps out and becomes like just sort of like just shrugs, it just goes to show that like he just doesn't give a fuck. Like you, ca- you're animated here because you care and you feel as though there was something I'm, interesting that could have been. I feel been the done, way you so. feel. I just, I just, I, I, I feel like you and I feel the exact same way. Yeah. Except this is the thing I like the least. I, like I, the thing I like the least are the missed big swings. It like it upsets me so much as like I get it. I a, get it. A, a film a writer, whatever. But we should zero to ninety nine this though. We should. Oof. <laughs> um, I'll go first, just so that you can follow suit. Uh, in ninety nine, I remember I rented this film with one of my best friends in Toronto, Dimitri Stubos. We watched this film and we both really liked it. Uh, have not seen it since 1999. Uh, in 99, I would probably give this movie a 65, maybe even as high as, as a 70. Uh, saw it under the best of circumstances, which was, you know, uh, in my basement watching a movie with a good friend and not giving a shit and it was fun. Uh, needless to say, the film does not have that rating now for me. I'd probably give this film, I'm not sure I can get over 50%. I can't recommend people watch this movie. I think that that would be unfair. I would say that there are things worth watching. Say, for instance, if you're a cinematographer, I would watch this film. I think that there's some interesting photography in it. Um, I give it a 45. That's a very high rating. What did you give it after the podcast? After the podcast, it's gone down. You gave it a 45. You you have your 45 on screen. Yeah, right. Oh, got it. Okay. After the podcast, I'd say I'm I'm probably down to it. I'm down to a 35. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, no. Uh, Clark, I'm, I'm not convinced Clark's going over 50 either. I am going to go over 50. Uh, but um, In 99? No, no. Okay. Oh, yes, yes. So uh, when I was in 99 or whenever I first saw this movie, which is probably around that time uh, or a little after, probably in a similar circumstance, renting it, watching it at home or whatever. I love Sandy B. I love uh, Ben Hufleck. Uh, I love all the – and I remember really being really impressed with like the visuals, even as a, mm-hmm. as a young person. So I would have probably given – Given it like an eighty, because uh, you okay. know I love okay. Sandra Bullock. Sure. I love Ben Affleck. I'm 13 years old. Like <laughs> you know, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Um, now I would say that actually my rating hasn't changed even after talking about this because I agree with all the points that you guys made and make and recognize them. I would give it a 60 before and after. The reason why is because I think that if you like Ben Affleck and you like. Uh, 
Sandra Bullock. It's really cool to me to see where this movie falls within their careers, especially if you're a Sandra Bullock person, sure. um, which I am. So, so I would say if you are not a Ben Affleck person, if you are not a Sandra Bullock person, you should probably go with your rate, like the boys' ratings. You know what I mean? Because, but <laughs> you don't know my rating. I have uh, a uh, suspicion. It's a well, hypothesis, but uh, but if you're interested in those types of things, I think it's worth a watch and yeah, then yeah. being done with it. I agree with that. I want to. It is an interesting exper- It is an interesting exercise in the Sandra Bullock Ben Affleck of it all. But I, I want to weirdly because I have like the exact opposite rating. I want to co-sign everything Clark just said. I, I one of the things that I love about this podcast is watching movies I would otherwise not watch and specifically, you know, seeing where these movies fall within certain people's filmographies, be they directors, actors, whatever. Um, I'm happy that I watched this movie. I knew it would lead to an interesting conversation and it did. Um, that being said, <laughs> uh, you didn't see it in 99. I've never seen this movie before. Oh, interesting. Um, I got to tell you what I actually gave it because I feel bad. I'm sure it's I, like a I didn't make this. I didn't produce this I gave an, I gave it an 18 after watching it. Mm-hmm. I called it a truly terrible movie with a really weird ending. Who did you call that to? I, I wrote it down. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, 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 I read a little tur- blurb. I okay. read a little blurb after. Um, you can't get much worse than an 18. Um, <laughs> you can. There are 17 ways you can get worse it's true, than It's true. It's true. That's true, but we've given so – I've given 18s kind of – the opposite of rarefied air. It's kind of toxic air. Like we haven't really gone that low very often, right? I mean, it's I did true. get chill factor of three. And story of us, I think was the 15. other one. Yeah. Um, and, but uh, <laughs> I think we, uh, Detroit Rock City was like a 20. This I actually think is better than Detroit Rock City. It's decidedly I better than that, Detroit Rock City. I think this movie, I'm, I'm, I'm I fucking hated Detroit Rock City. I, I, I honestly think this movie weirdly goes up a little bit because of the, quality of the conversation <laughs> it uh it it brought i'm gonna give it a 22 going up from an 18 to a 22 for a movie i truly despised okay. is quite a quite an accomplishment <laughs> so, i mean to be fair i mean i was i was is. at a 35 you know what i mean no it's, we're in the same ballpark we're in the same ballpark i'm giving it more credit than you are but i mean i i just i, I think that this this movie is just it, – it, it brought a very interesting conversation to the floor. Uh, I enjoyed talking about it. I think that we got to talk a little bit about – we'll talk some more Ben Affleck when we do Dogma. Um, um, you know, a little so, bit, yeah. So we got a little bit of that to – you know, we can do some – more specifically some Kevin Smith, what's Ben so Affleck. What's so interesting about Dogma – Because we, we didn't and, talk Chasing Amy obviously here. Yeah, so. what's so interesting about Dogma and Affleck is like – I mean he's with Damon in that. He is. And he plays a pretty high – very high status character and he's yeah. very confident. Yeah. Like he had it. It's Whatever. It doesn't Weird, matter. Anyway. So we'll nature, talk about that. Weird movie. Some of us liked it. Some of us didn't. Next week, we're doing another Force of Nature. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, I guess. Um, we are doing oh one of... Uh, I mean, the second the, biggest movie of 1999. In the box office. Yeah, and also, I mean, this movie did, you know... What's the biggest movie? Picture. What's the big, biggest movie in 1999? Well, it's Star Wars. Bo- a box office. Question. Oh, what would you say the biggest movie of 1999 is? I mean... if you, It's a stupid question. It's a stupid question. Yeah. 
with absolutely no criteria spelled out for you. But what would you say is kind of like the biggest movie? I, I think I know what my answer is. I think I, – I, I mean I'm going to say The Matrix. The Matrix. Yeah. It's the answer. All right. Great. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is probably number two. Yeah. I mean <clears throat> prob- it's hard to say. I, I mean I, I think that – because I was looking at the box office obviously again and just being like – We're doing Sixth Sense next yeah, week. Yeah, sorry. We're doing Sixth For week. Halloween. For Halloween. Hallow's Eve. Because it's a spooky movie. <laughs> um, but I think that it's crazy to think that it actually beat Toy Story 2. Like at the box office. That's that's actually a kind of insane thing. That is insane. You know what I mean? Like to think about it's in, it's in, the, what this movie accomplished commercially and culturally is insane. It's bonkers. When you watch the movie and I we, we I can't wait to do it. It's yeah. a very it's it's a it's a good. It's going to be a great podcast. It's a, great obviously episode. an incredibly memorable movie. It's had an incre- incredible cultural resonance over the last twenty years. It really never went away. Yeah, um, one of those movies. And um, God, there's so much to say about yeah, it. Yeah, I mean it's 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 kind of crazy how big a movie it was. Um, crazy because I I even think at the time that I saw and we'll obviously get into this in the episode, but it just it, it was a cultural moment in a way that that is know, just really surprising right. for, for for a ghost story do you know what i mean like anyway we'll let's save this week. for the podcast yeah. uh come back it's obviously six cents it's one of the it's truly one of the reasons it's we're just doing Kenny this and I, we're going old school with this yes one. no uh, guest oh uh just spoiler we disagree on this movie uh, marginal, not mar- as much. Not as much as like this isn't going to be a. Do we disagree? Have we dis? I think this is the movie we disagree on most because we probably in terms of your brain. esteem for this film in '99 yeah. and mine. Uh, yeah, but it's like this isn't going to be like a, a you know this isn't a, a this cage c- match. It's not going to be like Forces of Nature. <laughs> it's not, it is not going to be. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it's can't wait to talk. We're going to talk about that super next interesting week. movie. Um, Clark, you are on Twitter. What is your yes. Twitter handle? On the social medias, I'm at Clark Wolf. Clark with an E, Wolf with an E. Uh, I am at PM Iskov on Twitter. Our podcast is Podcast Like 1999. Kenny is at Nybart. I sure am. Please rate, review, subscribe, Clark, tell your thanks friends. Thanks so much. Please come back on for, Please have for me. a movie. How about for a movie that we all really love? How about Ooh, that? Great. So it's not contentious. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I'm up for whatever. This, this is, is what the podcast is. No, I, d- I wasn't dogging it. I was just saying it'd be nice to see the yin to the yang of this, uh, all right. to this well, episode. That's all I was saying. You got it. I'm in. Thank just you, tell Clark. me when. Thank, Thank you, you so much, Clark. All right. Podcast like it. Just podcast like it. Podcast like it's 1999. Podcast like it. You want to podcast like it. Podcast like it's 1999. Podcast like it. Just podcast like it. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.